Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Good Wrestle evening, Talk ladies and gentlemen. for the next two hours. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy holidays, and welcome to this week's installment of the Wrestle Talk Podcast right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com and all of our great social media outlets. Tonight, we're going to have a great show here. We're going to have a couple of great guests, and like I said, we're going to talk all things professional wrestling. If you want to join the program, make it a point to send a message over here to the chat. Uh, make sure you have uh, logged in as well so we can go ahead and acknowledge you here on the show. A lot of great wrestling talks. Remember, hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling right here on the program. We've already got some guests chiming in here. We can wait to share our program out to all your friends and family. It'll be a great program here now on, on the program. We've got Katiana, the unbroken one, going to be on the program here at about 7.30. And at 8.15 this evening, we're going to have Karen McDaniel. Those don't know who she is. She is the widow of legendary professional wrestler Wahoo McDaniel. We're going to have her as well as John Cosper on the program as well as at 8 15 this evening. Uh, again, it's going to be a great night here on the program. Uh, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I, just, I want to welcome here to the program this evening a man who's very familiar with the program, a man who has been seen countless times, a voice for all of the podcast family. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Sunny Money Mayo. Sunny, how are you doing this evening as we prepare for the holiday season? How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing spectacular, Flywalker. What's up, baby? What's up, Russell Talk? Oh, man, I'm so happy to be here, bro. It's been a long time since I've been on, since I got the host. Most definitely. And like I said, of course, wouldn't be, we would be remiss without the Sunny Money coffee meter. Right now, I got to ask you, Sonny. How are things going in your part of the of the Midwest? I know a lot of people have been talking about how uh, things are not going to be going too well later on this week. Um, I'm going to ask you, how are things going right now here in your part of the world out there in the Kansas City area? Uh, everything's good, man. I mean, and listen, we can all line up and talk about our problems. It's the holiday season. Everybody's stressed out about money and presents and weather. But you know what? It, it, you're six feet above. And I think you should count that one as a blessing and as a win each and every day. That's my mentality each and every day. So, hey, man, I'm not worried about any of that, though, right now. I'm worried about tonight. Tonight. Most definitely. Most definitely, Sonny. Like I said, we're going to have Tatiana on here at 730 and at 8.15. We're going to have Karen McDaniel. I know you are a very knowledgeable professional wrestling fan. You can go back to the days of the 70s and 80s. 
And when you talk about Wahoo McGann, you can talk about Georgia Championship Wrestling. You talk about Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. You can talk about Florida. You can talk about the uh, AWA. You can talk about the NWA. You name it, you can talk about anything when it comes to Chief Wahoo McDaniel. And we're going to have his widow, uh, Karen McDaniel, here on the program at 815. And also, we're going to have John Cosper. They put together a great book called Wahoo. And a matter of fact, right here, got it right here, just got done reading it this past week. A great read. If you have an opportunity, check it out on Amazon or eatsleepwrestle.com. A great read, a very different perspective of a professional wrestling biography. And you know something? This is going to be a great night. Again, we're only uh, four days away from Christmas Eve. Uh, I would be remiss if we didn't welcome here to the program uh, a man who's giving us a perspective from the East Coast. A man who has really stepped up his game here in 2022. And I know he's a very well-known face of the Wrestle Talk podcast and the FWWC. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in Hardcore Hoss. Hoss, how are you doing out there on the East Coast this evening? Hey, doing pretty good out here. You know, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Just happy to be here. Looking forward to another great, great show. And uh, happy to be here with you and Sunny Money. You know, good to see you here, my buddy. What's up, baby? How you doing, man? It's great to see you, buddy. I'm, I'm so glad that you're on tonight and joining us. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here uh, for this momentous show, but we'll get to why it's a momentous show here in a, a little bit later. Most definitely. And, and like I said, one of the things that makes the Russell Talk podcast stand out, not only is our great guest, not only the Russell Talk podcast family and our great sponsors, but the fact is we've talked about in 2022, the Russell Talk podcast has gone pretty much gone coast to coast. We got the East Coast, we got the Midwest represented. And tonight, joining us from the West Coast, from the great state of Washington, the one, the only Justin Wade. Justin, how are you doing this evening? You know, I followed my wife out here because she wanted to take a great job, and I'm happy she did. But she kind of kept it for me about uh, the, the weather situation out here. It's uh, snowing, and we got about nine inches on the ground right now. And uh, yeah, uh, when I was a kid, I loved the snow. As an adult, I hate it with a passion. If I could, if I could stab it and it would feel pain, I would go out there right now and just stab away. In wrestling terms, we call it the drizzling shits, and that's what snow and winter is. And shout out to my, uh, somebody who's been a part of Russell Talk uh, over there at Talking Dynasty, Adam Frex. Me and Adam Frex have been friends for twenty years. He absolutely loves wintertime and hates the summer. Oh. I'm the complete opposite. So big F you to Adam Frex, because I know you got your big glorious beard and you're enjoying the snow. This shit is the drizzling shit. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it. I think we need to get another perspective on the snow. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I gotta say it right now. One of the things we talk about, we can talk about the cold weather. We can talk about the snow. We can talk about just how it's gonna be. And, and I know for a fact in the Midwest, they're talking about some real brutal temperatures later in the week. But I'm going to tell you right now, one thing that's not going to be brutal, one thing that's definitely going to be very, very hot tonight is the idea if we're going to have two great guests. we got a lot of wrestling talk. we got a lot of great things to go on. And like we said, guys, it's only a few days until that day that everybody loves to enjoy the opportunity of being with friends and family. The Christmas season will officially 100% be upon us. And guys, i got to ask you right now, and I know this is with the Wrestle Talk podcast, but I mean, we're all very close. We're family, just like the name says. We are the Wrestle Talk podcast family. 
I got to ask you guys. We're going to go around the horn here real quick. Justin, I got to start with you. Are you ready for Christmas this year? Well, Christmas right now, you know, it's just me and the wife up here in Washington. So basically we're waiting until the end of January. Uh, that's when we're going to be coming hopefully back to the Midwest. Hopefully things work out. And then we're going to be celebrating Christmas late with my folks. Uh, it just, uh, when we're up here, we're probably going to, well, there's, a, there's a handful of stuff open up here restaurant wise. We're going to have a nice dinner out, uh, but uh, we're saving up money for uh, the, the trip back. So really not doing much Christmas gift wise. Uh, until we get, until, you know, we get the trip over with and stuff, uh, you know, we get, seems like every holiday money gets a little tight around the holidays and then, uh, come February, March starts, uh, showing signs of, uh, light at the end of the tunnel financially. So, uh, we're going to wait till around then to really do any gift exchanging between the two of us. So, you know, a great gift would be the Wahoo book available at eatsleepwrestle.com. Well, so since you have that book, my friend, I'm uh, just waiting for you, since you have my new address now, to uh, mail that book out to me. Thank you. Great Christmas present there. You know, there's a lot of great Christmas presents available on eatsleepwrestling.com. And again, we're going to have John Cosper on your program here in a little bit. Also, as you can see back here, I've really kind of gotten the opportunity to expand the Wrestling Library. Another great book to read, the Brian Blair autobiography as well. Great friend, president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, making a point to purchase that. Had an opportunity to start reading that today. Pretty good read thus far. Like I said, hopefully I'll have more info on that. Sunny Money, we're going to come back across the country here. Got to ask you, I know you got a very busy home life, especially this time of year. You guys ready for the holiday season? Man, hell no, bro. You know how much money I have to spend on these damn kids? Oh, little grateful bastards don't want to do dishes, nothing, man. They're kicking me and elbow dropping me and leg dropping me and chopping me and Beat my ass all year long, and now I got to go out here and drive this truck around in 10-degree weather and crap. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can tell you right now, Hardcore Hoss, are you guys ready for the holidays? Uh, are they coming? When, when is it again? Uh, I believe that'd be this coming Sunday. Sunday, oh, Sunday, man. Sunday. Man, so I, I'm definitely not 100% ready for it, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. I totally understand. I get to you right now. I think I'm about as ready as I'm going to be. Really looking forward to having some time with great friends, great family, just like tonight, right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And before we get things started here tonight, um, we're going to go ahead, as we well know, each and every week. We want to thank all of our great uh, Wrestle Talk podcast family who tunes in each and every week. We also want to thank our great sponsors. And a matter of fact, Hoss, if you would get those up, Justin, you want to go ahead and acknowledge our great sponsors here this evening. Exacto Mundo. We got uh, Royal Mills Transportation and Dewan Mills. Rathburn Engraving, where you can get the Russell Talk podcast mug just for $20. Nobleman's Barber Lounge in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. We got Kincaid Arcade at the Oak Park Mall. Interstate 70 Sports Media, a little Popeye Designs. That's where you can get the world famous Russell Talk podcast tumbler. And the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. Bada bing, bada boom. Right now, we got all those great sponsors. And like I said, you get an opportunity. If you want to pick up another great wrestling gift, uh, Russell Talk Podcast mugs available from Rathbun Engraving. You can also pick up one of the great tumblers from Little Popeye Designs. Both of them are great things to have here. And as we're sitting here right now, make sure to send us some stars. We talked about this earlier on this evening. And as we can see right now, again, the more stars you send, the more support you give to the Russell Talk Podcast each and every week. Now, you know. I'm going to throw this out here right now. Each and every week, 
to take care of getting everything official. Just like at any great sporting event, you always, 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 always want to make sure you've got everything taken care of. And as you see right down here, if you're in a private group, make sure to hit the link so we can see who you are because we wanted to be able to give you the acknowledgement of being a part of the Russell Talk Podcast family. But you know something, we take care of something each and every week. And Hardcore Hoss, I'm going to tell you right now, in honor of our good brother Joe Lance, who, again, right now, I want to give a shout-out to Joey. He's not been feeling the best the last few days. Hope you get well soon, Joe. We're going to be really looking forward to having you back here on the program soon. Hardcore Hoss, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to you because we've got a little bit of business to take care of before we get started here tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again to do as we always do each and every week and pay homage to the best damn country around, that being America, damn it. So if you can remove your caps, place your hands over your heart for the singing of our national anthem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now official. The National Anthem bringing us into this week's episode of the Russell Talk Podcast. Guys, I got to tell you, that gets me fired up each and every week that we're here, right here on the program. I got to tell you, tonight's High Spot segment is really going to be one of those. We're kind of really really starting to be reflective this year. There's a lot of great things that have been going on in the world of professional wrestling. We got fans, money's getting shout-outs all night long. He's got the Sunny Money Coffee Meter right there. Sonny, I got to ask you, that's what cup number 17, 18? Oh, no, 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 no. We didn't. So, so yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of water, okay? A lot of water, uh, as my mom likes to say with her thick East Coast accent, water, a lot of water, okay? Uh, but uh, for this, this cup right here, this would make it number four today. Number four. And by the time we are finished this podcast, uh, gentlemen, you can place your bets now. Send stars on the Facebook link. Place your bets. Send stars to the stars. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say three cups of coffee, two hours. I'm going to say we're going to seven by the end of Russell Talk Podcast. You can see my response. Ten. True. Ten. Boy, if I do ten, I'm going to have a live pro wrestling match on the podcast tonight with my dog. I'm going to fucking vertical suplex my Ten. Pick. Can awesome. I, I'm uh, I'm gonna have to go with seven. Yeah, because listen, I'm on four now. I'm gonna give you guys the because everything's bet MGM and betting is the hottest thing in the world now. Listen, I'm on number four, but this thing's damn near empty. I'm about to tell my 13 year old to make me another cup and not a cup like this because this one's the drizzling shits like the winner. I need a good cup of coffee over here. Oh, well, well, Justin, I know yeah. you, you may not necessarily be familiar with the Sunny Money Coffee Meter. We're going to let you reserve your, your opinion here for just a little bit because Sunny Money is always full of energy. And speaking of being full of energy, 
one of the biggest spots of the week each week is the high spot segment. Sunny Money, you got the coffee you, rolling. You know, I'm gonna before we get into that, Luke. Oh, okay, I, I apologize, Hoss. I know you got some big things talking about tonight, too. So You, you know, I, I said earlier that this was a monumentous show, and uh, I think we got somebody who wants to come in and uh, take a quick minute and talk about one of the reasons that this is such a monumentous show tonight. So let's go ahead and bring him in here. He is the man, the one, the only, the night owl, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (sighs) Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the WrestleTalk family. But it's a rhetorical question because I'm actually only here to talk about and to one person. So, Hoss, would you do me a favor and just put me and Mr. Money Mayo on the screen one-on-one just so him and I can see face-to-face here because I have a very, very important message that I need to deliver. Sonny, and I don't want those glasses fogging up on me, okay? So mm-hmm. just, just try to stay with me. Uh, okay. I don't Absolutely. know who does or doesn't know this, but tonight – is your last official night as a host of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And I, I wanted to be here. I actually have to head out the door right after I'm done here because we're not quite done yet with all the shopping. <laughs> Do you hear me? Yeah, gotta right. get it done. Gotta get it done now. Right. But I wanted to take a moment, even though I can't be a part of the entire show. And man, I wish I was with the lineup that we have today. Not only is it two female guests, something we've only done a handful of times in the history, but the, the level of female that we have coming in. I mean, it's not just like your everyday girl from down the street pro wrestler. Right. These are two gals that are, ha- have done major things in the business, associated with business when they stand a period of time, but then also that are making huge waves early on in their career in the world of professional wrestling. But at the same time, it's neither here nor there, bro, because this show is significant to me for a lot of reasons. And like I was saying before, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to just thank you. Um, Thank you, bro. Thank you for taking me to my first independent wrestling show. Uh, Thank you for teaching me what that interaction between a fan and a wrestler, male or female, is supposed to be. How do we accentuate what what they're doing in the ring and help get them over, right? Thank you for teaching me that I don't have to watch every single minute of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, to be in order to consider myself a wrestling fan. Nowadays, I just go for like the 10 minute, 15 minute, what happened on Raw last night, just because realistically, who can watch that much wrestling in one week when you got kids to chase and, and, and all these sorts of there things. You Thank you for contributing to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Not, I mean, you contributed as a host, but I think your biggest contributions have always been your support of the show, going out to shows and doing, you know, little interviews and clips and things like that, bro. It's not going to be the same not having you on on a more like monthly basis, even though I think for the last year it was like once a month, basically, right, that you were committed. Right. But but we could at least count on you once a month to be here, and we're not going to have that anymore. So before we bid you adieu, and you're going to continue to contribute, right, to the rest you of the You know I will be. And, you know, and it's it's not a, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. And Night Owl, we, we've discussed this, and I'll put it out there publicly, man. You know, once these kids, you know, hey, summertime, spring break, when it lines up during the week for the Money Mayo household and, and it lines up like it is tonight where these kids don't have school tomorrow and I can be loud and I can be myself and not be handcuffed 
because everybody who tunes into Russell Talk podcast when I'm hosting deserves 100%, not just a small percentage of it. That's what so they come for, I, bro. They come exactly. for that energy. When I can come on and be myself, I'm definitely going to be on here and I'm going to be myself. But like you said, it's not going to be a monthly deal that I was doing in 2022. And it was a lot of fun and I had a blast. And as far as me, as I always say, Renee, repping the brand, repping the brand, Night Al. You know I'm going to be repping the brand at KCX, at XWE, at CSW. When you and I or Allie, baby, new green, when we're everywhere, I rep Wrestle Talk Podcast 1000%. So that'll never end. United Underground, the list goes on and on. But anyway, I'm going to have the guys come back in here in just a second. I just wanted to say this to you, bro. You mean the world to me. As a, as a business partner, as a, as a fellow wrestling fan, uh, as a friend, as a brother, as a compadre, bro. Like I just, even though, even though it's hard to know that we're not going to have you as consistently as a host, it's great to know that you're still part of the team. And I know that I share the sentiments with everybody else that's a member of the Wrestle Talk family, bro. You are a valuable voice and an important energy to the pro wrestling world here, particularly in the Midwest. Because you have this light that you bring, bro, to every room that you step into. The energy is contagious, man. You make people smile. Uh, people gravitate towards you. And, and I tell you what, it's something that's going to be missed. But again, you're not leaving us completely. You're still going to be around here or there. But you're focusing your time and energy, kind of like what I did with stepping away with commentary for 2023. You got to take that time, those days, and refocus it on where it really, really matters the most. And as much as wrestling matters, bro, yes, family first. So, yep. Sonny, I love you, bro. Thank you so much for all your contributions in the past, present, and going into the future. And, and thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. I got to get my ass on because we got some shopping to go do. But, man, I love you guys. Have a killer show. Say hi to Tatiana for me. Say hello to, to, to Miss McDaniel for me, guys. Let them know that the Night Owl is definitely going to be watching, and I'll definitely be here in spirit as well. So have a thank good night. Thank you again, bro. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Skywalker, you, thanks for the opportunity. Justin, Ooh. thank you for the opportunity. Hoss, thank you for yeah. the opportunity. Hold it down, gentlemen. I know you guys can. I'm trusting you guys with the keys to the caddy, and I know they're in great, great hands, man. I love y'all. Well, I said, ladies and gentlemen, the Night Owl echoing a lot of what the WrestleTop family and the WrestleTop podcast has, has known for quite a long time. Sonny, you and I have known each other many years, and to not have you here on a regular basis as far as being live and in person, it's going to be different. But when it comes down to it, we know that you are going to be a very integral part of the WrestleTop podcast family. You've been around a long time. I mean, again, we've had many times talk about whether it's been Kansas City, St. Louis, making those trips down I-70. When it comes down to it, it's Always a privilege to have you here. Uh, it's a great honor to consider you a friend of mine. And when it comes down to it, we're definitely going to miss you. But like you said, it's not a, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. We know you're going to be around. And again, myself, I, I agree with a lot of what the Night Owl says. You are a very key part of what makes the WrestleTalk podcast tick. No, and, I, and it's just been an absolute pleasure uh, with everybody in WrestleTalk podcast, with Jeremy, with Joe, with Hoss. Justin, we haven't really got a chance to sit on here and do what we do, but we're going to do it tonight. We're going to knock it out yeah. of the park like we every like we do. But yes, uh, before we move on, just you know, hey guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Night Al. Um, what I'm going to be looking to do in 2023, as far as Russell Talk podcast, is do what I do best: go to local independent pro wrestling shows in my area or somewhere in the Midwest. I love to go up the merch stands and I love to get the thoughts on the wrestlers with their matches that night and what they got coming up going, a little quick one-on-one -on -one interview 
So any wrestlers out there who are watching Wrestle Talk podcast, you see me, you see me coming up to you, you know what I'm wanting, bro. Give me 30 seconds, give me 60 seconds of putting yourself over, putting that match over, putting the promotion over so we can play it on Tuesday nights on Wrestle Talk podcast. And hell, I'm a summertime kid, bro. So I just said this winter's the drizzling shits. So summertime, you know, spring break, I'm gonna be making an appearance. I'm gonna come back on and host, but I'm not gonna be doing it every uh, you know, once a month like I was doing in 2022. And man, it was a fun ride, and who knows what the future holds. So, with that being said, that being said, let's keep this train rolling, all right? All right. Well, Sonny Money. You got that energy rolling here all night long. You take a drink of that wonderful cup of coffee. Since it's your last night here, I want to go ahead and throw it to you for our first major introduction of the night. No, absolutely. Thank you so, so much for throwing it to me there. This is one of, man, we've done segments here, but this is, to me, this is the standard of segments in pro wrestling podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope you're ready for that music over there next to me, Hoss. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Sonny Money's favorite segment of Wrestle Talk Podcast, The High Spot! Mic check, mic check. Yeah! All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to High Spots. We're going to go ahead and give a shout-out to Aaron Wallace joining us here tonight on the program, uh, giving us a shout-out. Merry Christmas to you and, and your family as well. Um, I got to tell you right now, guys, a lot going on in pro wrestling. We're not going to take a lot of time to get things going. Hardcore Austin, be so kind to get that randomizer ready to rock and roll. We'll get our first high spots question up here on the screen. As a reminder, we're going to have Tatiana on here in just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and hit the randomizer, my friend. The first question for high spots. Last night on Raw, Bronson Reed returned to help the Miz win. What are your thoughts about Reed's return to the WWE? And tell you what, Hardcore Haas, since you hit the randomizer, this is the first question that the randomizer picked. I'm going to throw it to you. Bronson Reed returning to WWE last night. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with all this. And, uh, you know, it just seems to me that a lot of these returns, they just keep getting bigger and bigger, you know, and so I, I'm excited about it. I really am. Uh, Justin, your thoughts, Bronson Reed returning to help the Miz last night on Raw. I think it's good. Uh, he did his time over New Japan, you know, doing uh, working over New Japan really could, uh, you know, throw some hair on your chest while over there. And um, I think coming back here is a breath of fresh air to him and, uh, I've watched some of his stuff in the last couple of months. He kind of reminds me of uh, Samoa Joe. I like his power. 
And uh, I also like how he takes risks by uh, one of his uh, favorite moves is that uh, middle rope was a su- suicida uh, uh, dive. I'm a big fan of that. So I, I get I get big Samoa Joe vibes. I think uh, that's what Triple H is wanting, you know. Uh, with, when Samoa Joe was in the E, he kind of didn't live up to what they wanted. And uh, I think uh, Reed's going to be what Triple H is looking for in a big, uh, big hoss. I think it's going to be good uh, down the road. Hopefully, uh, I like to see him and Otis in the ring. Uh, uh, <laughs> that'd be a lot of uh, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I like to see the big guys work. And uh, yeah, I think it's he's going to probably be the the henchman for Miz for a little bit. But uh, I like to see him on his own at some point. Sonny Money, your thoughts? Bronson Reed returns to the WWE. Did y'all see that dude do a a, a body splash off the top rope? Whoa, whoa, yo! Great way to re-debut back with the with the big company here in the United States. Um, you know, as obviously Justin said, he he cut some teeth, he, he shed some blood over there in in New Japan. I think he even locked up with Onita. Don't quote me on that, but I believe he did while he was over there. Um. To put him with the Miz, eh, we'll see. I would have liked him to maybe come in as a little bit higher spot or maybe a little bit more importance than just a henchman. But, hey, it's still early in the run. Maybe he'll get sick of Miz's shit and give him a top row body splash like he did to Dexter Loomis last night. But, hey, two thumbs up for Money Mayo. Bronson Reed back in the WWE. My man's athletic as shit. He could go in the ring. I'm happy to see it. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something very strange. Okay. I'll go with the thumbs down. Okay. And the reason why is, I, I, while he is a great in-ring competitor, to me, I think it was one of those, and Justin, you hit right on point, was the idea of where he had that opportunity to be the next big bruiser in the WWE back when he was in NXT. And I think while he did have an opportunity to hold, I believe it was the end of the uh, NXT North American Championship, I don't think that moving him back to the WWE is the right spot for him. To me right now, I would really like to see the idea of maybe give him some time. I know we spent some time in Impact Wrestling, but to me, I think give him an opportunity to perform at a Wrestle Kingdom or at a Wrestling Denaku or something along those lines. Give him that real big platform before moving into the WWE. I think that would have been much better for him. I mean, again, I'm, I'm happy for the fact he made his return to the WWE. I think he's a breath of fresh air for the WWE. But right now, I don't see, really, I don't see Bronson Reed fitting into the equation right this second. I think if you give him six months, I think it'd be a much better fit. But right now, I, I, I really just, it just does not add up for me right now. Do you think they're oversaturating? Things right now in the WWE with bringing all these people back, with rumors of Triple H not being uh, too happy with uh, some of the recent rehires. You think uh, the company's getting too oversaturated to where we're not getting like full good storylines? Because like right now, I'm not impressed with how Bray Wyatt's performing. Well, right now, and again, we can, we can talk. I mean, I'll be honest, I could talk about Bray Wyatt all day long. To me, I think the Bray Wyatt thing is the right pace. It's keeping you always wanting to me wanting to know. Who else is there? I mean, again, do, could I live without the whole Liv Morgan situation? Yeah. I think we pretty much knew that from the get-go. But the idea of seeing this Uncle Howdy and seeing the others that potentially could be falling in line, I I have some interest in it. I mean, I know, Sonny, you keep nodding your head, no, 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 no. 
I we scream. We, everybody in the wrestling world screamed for this man to come back. Fucking a year or however long it was he was released. He finally comes back and he's doing mid-card shit with, with L.A. Knight. Like, I'm just, it, nah, man. I just, it ain't people. They don't know what to do with him. They don't know what to do with him. I agree. He's a complicated character, and I get that. But, you know, he definitely lost his steam. Anybody who watches that product on Friday nights can tell you the same thing. He lost his steam from he was such a hot name. Oh, he's going to return at the Rumble. And him and, you know, and CM Punk and WrestleMania main events. And blah, 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 blah. And now he's back and he's feuding with L.A. Knight. Like, no, and don't get me. It's no shade towards L.A. Knight. I, I love L.A. Knight. Love him. Love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. But, you know, it's Bray Wyatt. My man was main eventing. And now he's back. And now it's like he's going for the European TV title and shit. I don't like what the – I don't know, man. I just – we could go on all night about Bray Wyatt. But, you know, I think we hit on that. Um, are we hitting another? I know we got our guest. I know she's coming up, but are we going to get another high spots in here? Well, she, she is backstage waiting. So, well, tell you what, Hoss, let's go ahead while we're talking WWE. And I know it's going to be one of those things where we got to get it done. Uh, I know there was one more question that was associated with the WWE, uh, as it relates to uh, things, and I think it'll fit perfectly into our next guest. Um, if you go ahead and bring that question up here on the high spot segment. Uh, there's another great question here. I think we could we could touch on it real quick before our first guest arrives here on the program this evening. And hardcore Hoss, I did you break the randomizer? Uh, no, not yet. I'm I'm still getting used to this randomizer. Yeah, it's it's all it, if it's not working right, it's all Jeremy Carter's fault. All right, at this point, let's go ahead and throw that second question up here. Uh, in a recent interview, Damian Priest implied the bloodline and the Judgment Day will uh, their paths will one day cross. Uh, is this something we'll see happening? we got about four minutes until we're going to have Tatianas join us, uh, the unwilting one. i got to ask you right now, and I'm Justin, I'm going to start with you. Do you think that the bloodline and the Judgment Day will cross paths in the foreseeable future? Yeah, if the, if the Judgment Day want to be jobbers to the bloodline, I just don't see it right now. Uh, the bloodline's going too strong. Uh, I'm not. I I, th- I think they're they're pumping the brakes on Judgment Day. Uh, they're, they're, it's like uh, they're 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 bland right now, just like uh, Bray Wyatt. I just don't. You know, I don't see any. It doesn't draw me to the dance. They don't have enough members to compete with uh, the bloodline. Uh, it is interesting seeing Reed Ripley work in uh, male, uh, you know, wrestlers, but at the same time. Um, I'm not. I'm not getting any excitement over that. If that was to happen, it's too late in the game now. If they did it back, you know, if they had it with Edge, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, you know, you know, if they didn't kick Edge out, you know, and maybe Dominic, but he's still too new. You know, he's going to get ran. They're going to. It's going to be like a feeding frenzy if they put the bloodline in there with Judgment Day. I got to agree with you, Justin. I mean, to me, I think it's one of those where, when it comes down to it, you don't have it again. I, I mean, this is no disrespect there, but I mean, again, right now you have Finn Balor and a cast of several, and, and again, Punishment Martinez, Damian Priest, and whatever you want to call him, is a phenomenal in-ring competitor. Um, Dominic Mysterio is a great in-ring competitor, but when it comes down to, I mean, look at the bloodline right now. Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, 
You got Sami Zayn, who I honestly am going to talk about a little bit later on. Honestly, the MVP of the WWE right now. And you bring in the the the, the hard hitting Solo Sokoa. There's nobody in wrestling right now to me that matches the bloodline and just sheer ability. Um, Sonny, your thoughts? Do they cross paths somewhere down the road? Well, they got to, because who's the other stables that are even could even get in the ring with bloodline right now? I mean, let's be honest. You know what I mean? If I'm doing creative and, and it's that, you know, hey, you want to make you want to make Judgment Day that big, then let's put Bray Wyatt in there. Let's switch him from SmackDown to Raw. Let's put him in there at this point. Because, I mean, listen, in 2015, 2016, Finn Balor then against Roman Reigns, yo, I've, I'm talking WrestleMania then. But Finn Balor, I feel like he's kind of lost his team too. Um it's like Justin said, man, there ain't nobody even on the threshold of the bloodline right now. Nobody, nobody, nobody in AEW, nobody at your local independent show and nobody fucking with the bloodline right now, bro. And it's, it's, it's it, 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 the social media trends, the ratings, the arena's getting full. Roman's the man, bro. The Usos are the best. The Usos were the PWI tag team of the year. There was a lot. FTR was pissed, but I, I agree with them. I, how can you not? You know what I mean? Well, Sonny, I'm gonna tell you ever. right now. You, you and I are gonna have to have a discussion before this night's over between the Usos and FTR. That's gonna be a completely other discussion. We can take the whole thing. Hi, dog. They, I, 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 Melt. I, I don't even know what to say, bro. Bloodlines oh, are no, no, no. Were you going to talk? The rest of the wrestling world is down here, okay? I mean, bloodlines up here, and here's the rest of pro wrestling world right now. Because there's really maybe MG, maybe MJF can 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 get in there a little bit, maybe. But there's no one hotter in wrestling right now. So yeah, Judgment Day. Yeah, they want to job out on an episode of WWF Metal in the middle of Saturday. On you know, okay. Cool. Oh, I totally get that. Hardcore Hoss, we're going to go ahead and let you wrap up. We're going to have some more high spot segments throughout the show here tonight. Got a lot of things going on here. We're going to be joined by the unwilting Tatiana here in just a moment or two. Uh, Hardcore Hoss, before we move on to our first guest, your thoughts, the bloodline and the judgment day, do they one day cross paths in the WWE? Um, I can't see it happening, at least not anytime soon, like Justin said. I mean, you know, right now the bloodline is just too strong. And you know, Judgment Day would have to get a lot stronger before they could even think about going up against them. You know, Bloodline just, they're too strong for anybody. Yeah, Bloodline doesn't have any weak points. When I see Judgment Day, weak point, Dominic, he's very, very green still. And if you put him in there with, you know, any of them, Solo will kill him. So, you know, Solo is... I like his enforcer mentality. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting big time uh, faction vibes from the bloodline that we haven't seen since, you know, the original days of DX, uh, NWO, Nation of Domination, the Four Horsemen. Just those, those, they're in the top five, probably, of stables of all time. Well, Justin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of what you said here. When it comes down to it, and it, it, just, it just clicked for me, and again, this might make people think that I'm, I've done lost it or I've gotten a little bit of the head cold or whatever the case may be. Well, we already think you lost it. Well, I know that, but 
when it comes down to it, ever imagine what the four horsemen would be like if they had somebody that could provide that quick-witted comedic relief? That's what I can see right now out of the bloodline. You've got the tag team of the Usos, which was the Arn and Tully. You've got the Enforcer, who many a time would have been a Sid Vicious or a Barry Windham or a Lex Luger or, or an Ole Anderson. And then you've got that main guy in Roman Reigns. I mean, right now, you haven't seen that kind of a domination in years. And I got to tell you right now, when it comes down to it, they need to really start being considered along those lines. Now, we've got a lot more wrestling talk to come. We're going to be talking about these high spots uh, questions throughout the night. If you have your input, make it a point to send it to us in the comment section. We'll answer your questions as well. But Hardcore Hoss, I'm going to throw this over to you because you got us in contact with our first guest. And you are the aficionado when it comes to our first guest tonight. So the floor is yours to introduce our first guest here tonight on the Russell Talk Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is a privilege to introduce to you a lady. She's been in the wrestling since 2019. Uh, she has been a champion with several different, uh, several different branches. She was number 114 on the best LGBTQ uh, in the top 200 of 2021. And uh, she is the newest ladies champion at WDWA. Let's welcome in the unwilting Tatiana. Hi. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, it's actually... Uh, Number 149 this year on the QWI, but uh, but yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's uh, it's a privilege to have you on tonight. Can you guys you know, hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, we can. Okay. So uh, it's a privilege to have you on tonight I with us, a- and we... No, we got you just fine, Tatiana. You are good on our end. You're doing just fine. Can you hear us, Tatiana? Can you hear us? We're, I well. I think maybe a delay in audio on somebody's end. So you guys are like a second or two behind, which is why I keep interrupting on accident. So I'm just gonna take my time answering any questions you guys for me just to avoid interruptions. All right. That sounds good. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let some of the other guys jump in here with questions. I mean, I've seen you uh, wrestle several times and gotten to talk with you a little bit at WDWA. And so I'm going to let them get some of their questions in here. So, well, well, hardcore Hoss, I'm going to go ahead and jump in versus Luke Roberts here from the St. Louis area. And Tatiana, I've got to ask you first. We have, it's kind of a standard question, but many people have been asked it. Um, you've been around pro wrestling now for a couple of years. What drew you to the sport of professional wrestling? Always in, because uh, I love telling this story. I got into wrestling through my brother. Uh, my older brother is about 15 years older, and so he was watching wrestling 
when Hulk Hogan was still around and The Rock was just getting started and Bret Hart was there. Bret Hart was his favorite. So when I was a baby, he and his friends would babysit me and they'd practice moves off, so to speak. Um, my mom was terrified every time they did it, but it stuck with me. And it just sort of became our thing. And then obviously, you know, he grew up, he moved out, he got his own job, his own life. And I found that I still enjoyed watching wrestling. He hadn't watched it in years. But for me, it was just something that I was like, oh, this is really fun. And the characters are really cool. And the moves look awesome. I really, really like this. So that's kind of how this whole journey got started for me. Well, you're talking about your journey beginning. And I mean, again, that's you really sound like a lot of what the Russell Top podcast is all about when it comes to that love of the sport of professional wrestling. I do have to ask you, um, we talk about this a lot, too. Can you talk about your early days training to get inside the ring? I can tell you right now, uh, my broadcast colleague, Justin Wade, who's here with us this evening, he, he would tell you that the, the, the training and actually being in the ring are like two completely different entities. And I want to ask you, how did uh, how was training for you to make your mark in the world of professional wrestling? I agree 100% a big difference between training and coming on shows. They are completely different ball fields. Um, for me, training was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, it started off excellent i was doing really good everybody thought that i was about to be like this quick rising star that would finish before everybody and then definitely i ran into setbacks um there was school to be done there were, were jobs that needed completed there were a coming happened um right after right before I had my in-ring debut, I actually left town for four months to go on an internship and was away from wrestling in completely during that time because I just didn't have a way to do it. I didn't have transportation. So, uh, so that kind of slowed my role. And it, looking back, it gave me a bit of reality check difficult this life was going to be it it's not like uh it's not like a oh I want to do this so I'm gonna do this no you have to want this you have to be ready to face consequences of literally everything even stuff that looks really good that internship was something really good for my non-wrestling career but for my wrestling life it put me back and I need to recover and that being said, you know, there's positive consequences, like getting hurt led me to making new connections with people because I had people reaching out and offering me advice and, you know, uh, letting me know that there's, that it's okay, that it happens. So it was, it was a very, it was a meaning experience. There's just a lot that went wrong, but there was a lot that went right. And I I probably wouldn't go back and change anything except maybe avoid 
one specific injury because I know how it happened and I could have <laughs> avoided it. But other than that. Well, well Tatiana, I mean, again, we all know, and I, uh, I remember many years ago uh, with a lot of my trainees back here in the St. Louis area, one of the things uh, I believe was the uh, late Dominic Danucci talked about 99.9% of people don't make it in the sport of professional wrestling. They try and they try and they put in the blood, sweat and tears. But in reality, it's always good to have that fallback just in case. I mean, there's a lot of people in, in wrestling who have made their made their mark and they've made their mark in other fields as well. Now, I'm, I'm going to warn you. In just a minute, you're going to hear from the one, the only, Sonny Money Mayo. A man who's openly predicted that he's going to drink at least three cups of coffee during this show tonight. So I'm just going to warn you, he may be a little bit <laughs> full of energy here this evening. So, uh, Sunny Money, and now Sunny Money's going to leave the screen. That's he's, oh, now he's going to bring along the puppy dog, too, and I have no problems with that because that's a really cute puppy. Sunny, I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you for uh, your opportunity to uh, talk with the unwilling Tatiana. And actually, before we go too much farther along, just so we can get everybody organized, our broadcast colleague, the Night Owl, throws a question out here as he's out and about here getting ready for the holiday season. Do you have tra uh, dreams of traveling the globe to pursue professional wrestling goals? Oh, 100%. There's so many places across the world I want to go. Uh, right now, the main goal is to try to get out west, as I've done a lot of traveling throughout the east, but I've never gone farther than Ohio. To go west, do you want to wrestle in uh, the UK? Uh, in Australia, just because I love traveling, it'd be really neat to go and see some of these places that otherwise I don't think I would get to go. All right, well, Sunny Money, I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you, my friend, as we have the unwilting Tatiana here on the Russell Talk podcast. Thank you so much, Flywalker. Thank you so much. Tatiana, it's a pleasure to meet you. I am Sunny Money Mayo. I'm here in Kansas City by way of Northeast Philadelphia. So I got a couple questions here for you on the Russell Talk podcast on this fabulous Tuesday evening. Uh, I'm going through your bio. I'm like, yo, I'm really digging this chick. She's kicking ass in the ring. She's doing her thing on the East Coast. But something caught my eye that I got to bring up first, okay? The Poser Pizza Party title. Poser Pizza Party title. Talk to me. What it, girl, what is that? <laughs> it's actually there. You guys on the video call can see it. The folks at home won't be here. Royal at the what is currently the last and I won. I eliminated Adam Rogers and I became the new pizza party championship winner and uh, the promoter said go ahead take it home take some pictures we'll see you at the next event and um, unfortunately due to circumstances promoters control all of these that were scheduled to 
to follow that one in February had to be canceled due to it. Poser Championship Wrestling has not run since. I've heard whispers that it may make a comeback in 2023, and I certainly hope so because I miss that company a lot, and I need to kick Adam Rorges's ass at least one time properly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, while I have the belt, I've gotten permission to travel with it, keep it with me. I occasionally take pictures and like to troll the rest of the roster with it because everybody wants that awesome belt. But only one person can hold it, and that's me. <laughs> so, as a young as a young kid growing up in the streets uh, of Northeast Philly, it was it was like you know it was as plain as walking and talking and drinking water, water, and whatever my mom says it to have a slice. You have to have a good slice, you know what I mean? And I didn't know anything about a Pizza Hut or a Domino's or a Little Caesars till I moved out here in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, now it's hard to come across a good slice. So, with that being said, can you take this poser? I mean, do you get, like, a free slice of pizza at your local mom and pop shop because you're the champ? You know, I haven't actually tried it yet. I did you get free it. pizza from uh, the company that sponsored the belt, the company uh, Pizza Bandit. Um I have yet to actually walk around the city of Pittsburgh with the belt and see if people give me free pizza. But I think I'm going to try it. See what happens. You know, it might you help know if I... Uh, oh, go ahead. I think I think it's one of those where we need to make this a point, not only because of your great in-ring ability, I think we just need to make it a point to bring you out here and see, because Sonny Money and I have had the discussion about great pizza here. I mean, again, you talk about New York, you talk about Chicago. But I would be remiss saying St. Louis doesn't have good pizza either. I think it needs like the pizza world tour for the unwilting Tatiana here in 2023. Got a lot of hashtags coming up. Maybe that's one we need to add to the list for 2023 here on the Russell Talk podcast. I like the way you think. I'm liking that. I'm thinking, <laughs> I got to do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I, I know we're, we've got I am a lot trying of to uh, I am trying to convince promotions across the me in to defend this belt just because it's it's a pretty cool belt to have. And uh, every time I bring it out in public, people always stop me and they're like, is that pizza? Is that a pizza <laughs> championship? Because uh, I'm not going to go and grab it because it's uh, just a bit of a hassle to carry. Also, my house is a mess, but you can't see that. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's got the, the belt has like a cowboy, but with a bandana over his face, but the bandana is actually a slice of pizza. So it's a very awesome looking belt. Um, uh, I, when I did my, uh, Mothman photo shoot this past over, I made sure to bring the belt with me. So if you find those pictures, that's a, that's the belt in question. Well, Flywalker, I got one more question that I'd like I'd like to jump on. I don't want to take up everybody's time here on this, but this is something that's a little bit uh, near and dear personal to me and something that I'm very interested in. Uh, Tatiana, you being on the QWI 200, what does that mean to your career? What does that mean to pro wrestling uh, and, and the exposure that's getting? And the reason I say that's near and dear to my heart is because recently my oldest son, who's 15 years old, 
came out to me as bisexual. So now this is something that I'm starting to kind of learn and go down that road a little bit. And he's loving wrestling as much as he's, he's finally starting to get that bug uh, that I've had for a long time. So talk to me a little bit about being on the QWI 200. Um, last year, it was a complete surprise to be featured on that top 200 list. Um, I have been out as bisexual for several years now, um, but I always sort of felt like I wasn't a community member. I didn't feel like I did enough to sort of, you know, showcase that I was a part of the queer community or, you know, give to queer charities, anything like that. So when I first turned up on the list, I was very surprised because I thought people had forgotten about it. And then this year, I I did what I could to sort of earn a spot on there. Um, I attempted to raise some money through t-shirt sales to donate to queer charity. Uh, I talked much, much more about um, experience. Um, and unfortunately, the year i did make it onto the list but it was a little bit lower than last year which that's fine that's fine i still made it and that that was important to me growing up i um i didn't have any knowledge that i was sort of came to me later when i'd talk about like how i saw both women and men people just kind of looked at me like hmm it sounds like you like like both a lot, uh, but knowing what I know now and knowing how important representation is to people that are questioning, that are discovering themselves, I just I think that belongs on that list. Somebody who earns their place, and you know that other bisexual people can look up to and say, "See." That's a good member. She's doing her best and she's trying to be the best she can be. And that's it. And that's what it's about. You be being the best you can be and you rocking it. And, you know, this is going to be something that I'm going to show my son. And hopefully he can kind of relate to it a little bit because, like I said, he's catching that wrestling bug. And he's discovering life and I'm helping him as much as I can. I told him the three main things is healthy, happy and safe. And I just that's all I want for him is healthy, happy and safe. And I'll always love him and I'll always be my son and I'll always support him 100 percent. So uh, I want to pass it along to every, the other members of Russell Talk. Uh, you know, Justin, you've been hanging out there. Hardcore Oz. You guys guys got some questions for the unwilting Tantiana? Tatiana, I do have a question. This is Justin Wade here. I'm in the uh, Pacific Northwest in the Seattle region uh, via St. Louis, Missouri, where Mr. Luke Roberts is currently residing. Uh, what are some of your inspirations growing up uh, while you were coming through the business? Is there uh, anybody you particularly looked up to uh, that you, uh, to this day, uh, are grateful that you uh, took a liking to wrestling-wise? Uh, there was a bit of a cutoff, so I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, could you actually repeat yourself? The 
Yeah. Everything yeah. just sort of fired uh, so, the tailstone. No. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. Well, my question was, uh, uh, thanks again for being on the show. And um, my question is, you know, what are what, what motivation wise, is there anybody in particular you looked up to coming through, going through the, uh, the business uh, that you still look up to this day and are appreciative that you uh, had a fondness for to uh, motivate you to uh, compete in the world of wrestling? So for me, it was Mickey James. Um, when I really started watching wrestling on my own, it was kind of during the, the height of the PG era and the women's division was not great. Um, the women were not being booked very well. There was a lot of women on the roster who were not trained well either. And when I first started watching, I was very, I was kind of disheartened because there were all these gorgeous women who, who at the time I was telling most of the were um, all smalls. They were all super tall and skinny and they looked like a million bucks. And there's me sitting at home, fuck nothing kind of not chubby but just thicker side and just uh, I, I, was, I was never gonna be tall and skinny i'm never gonna be a supermodel so i i'd kind of watch like this is a thing i enjoy but it's never gonna be something i can get into because i'm never going to look like that and then one day out ran mickey james i think she like an injury or storyline she came in and was shot and she was muscular and she was gorgeous, but you know, not in the same way the other women were. And I just went, oh my God, she looks like me. Oh my, my God, maybe I can do this. And it just started this spark of hope. And I just I loved watching her work. Um, when she left and went to Impact, I started watching Impact because I wanted to keep watching her. And that's where I got into, uh, became a fan of Kazarian and Daniels and saw the Young Bucks wrestle for the first time. And it just, it kept going from there. And as the years went on and I became a bigger fan and eventually started training and eventually became a wrestler, I'd always go and find the programs that Mickey James was wrestling on, or at least try to watch any content that was being put online for free um, as that was, that was the reason I got into this. I, I wanted to like keep watching because of her and ultimately she's why I joined. I, I had hope to get into the ring with her um, unfortunately, though, this is her last rodeo, and I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe I'll catch a seminar by her at some point, which would be really cool. Mr. Roberts, uh, go ahead, uh, if you uh, will. Uh, you have the gift for gab, and I'm going to pass it on to you, my friend. Well, well, thank you, Justin. And again, Tatiana, first of all, I want to say again, thank you for being on the program this evening. Um one thing I've got to say in 2020, uh, as we get ready to embark on 2023, being able to see just the, the, the huge variety of professional wrestlers 
I mean, again, you talk about how a lot of people would always have those stereotypes of the the supermodels when it came to the women and the and the super hulking bodybuilders on the men's side, and now seeing how there's just so much variety of professional wrestlers, not just in build but in style and how they present themselves in the ring. It really is great to hear your perspective. Um, I do have one question. I know that our, our broadcast colleague, um, the Night Owl, had talked earlier about plans for you to travel the world. I'm going to ask you right now, the here and the now. We're getting ready for 2023. By the end of 2023, where do you see the unwilting Tatiana in the world of professional wrestling? I am so sorry. The audio cut off again. I no, I think this no, might be no an problem. error on my end. I'm I'm having so much trouble. Well, let, let's go ahead and I'll, I'll try to get it, and hopefully it goes through this time. In a year's time, at the end of 2023, where do you see the unwilting Tatiana in the world of pro wrestling? Ooh, okay, that's a really good question. Thank you for repeating. Um, okay. End of 2023, I see the unwilting Tatiana having debuted in multiple multiple new states, um, having made my return, having made her return onto IWTV programs, and I think the main goal for the end of next year is not just getting on the West Coast, but traveling up to Canada at least once. So, well, you know, you know, hopefully something, Tatiana, by the end I, I, I get this one here and it was it, it flashes back from the CAC that Renee and I attended back in September, a match I'd like to see. And again, I want to thank Hardcore Haas for providing us some some footage as well in the um, the information you versus Madison Miles. I've I've heard about Madison. I, I would not step into the ring with her. So I think it would definitely be a great matchup here, not just for yourself. I think it'd be a great matchup for wrestling fans across the world. Um, in, in closing here, I mean, I know you're a very busy woman. I mean, uh, my last question is this. When it comes to all things professional wrestling, when you decide that you have to hang up the boots and call it a career, what would you want the wrestling fan to say about the legacy of the unwilting Tatiana? tough one <laughs> i would want the wrestling fans to <laughs> i would uh the wrestling fans to say that despite everything i i never loved doing i never changed myself beyond what i wanted to do in the ring and i just did my best to be not just a good wrestling in and out of wrestling. Well, I got to tell you, Tatiana, I mean, it, when it comes down to it, that that positive attitude that you're not going to change for others, you are who you are, and being able to stand out as a wrestler who stands and believes in that is something that's very, very commendable. Now, before we let you go, 
there's a part of the Wrestle Talk podcast that we have about this time each and every week. It's what's called the shoot and shout segment. Now, for if you may or may not be familiar, I don't know how much hardcore hospital. But basically what you're looking at here is an opportunity to vent about something that's on your mind. It doesn't have to be pro wrestling. It could be anything in the world. I think Sonny Money, I don't know how much you caught earlier on, but Sonny was talking about all this wonderful, great, please note the sarcasm, weather that's going to be taking place here in the Midwest in the next couple days. But we want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and kind of vent with what's on your mind. Uh, would you Would you be willing to participate? Yes. Yeah, I'm right, just going to be that's... very be careful about what I say. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we're going to go ahead here real quick. Hardcore Austin, be so kind to go ahead. And hit so I've got two things lined. Hold, hold, hold on. We got a little bit of intro music just to kind of set the tone off there. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Gotcha, sorry. Everything is fine. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact. And if you interact, your life's on contract. Your best bets to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. It's all about the he says, she says, bullshit. I figured that put you in a little bit of a better mood to get ready for the shoot and shout segment. Um, Sunny Money. Since this is your, your last show for a while, uh, we'll go ahead and let you go first. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And right where I left off at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to keep going there. This winter storm weather shit sucks. I don't know how you polar bears survive in this shit. This shit is worse than a Roman Reigns face run, okay? When Roman Reigns was a good guy, he sucked. This winter sucks, Okay. This shit's garbage. The only good thing about this winter shit today is that we got Toddy Two Belts on for our first guest on Wrestle Talk Podcast. Is Kiss Kiss Bloom. I'm so glad she's on the podcast because I'd rather be inside talking to her and hanging out with all my homies on Wrestle Talk than be outside in this garbage ass weather. I hate this shit. I can't wait till it's hot out. And the proceeding was a commentary from Sunny Money Mayo. Uh, Hardcore Hoss, we'll go ahead and throw it to you for your shoot and shot this week. Um, you know, really this week, I don't think I have one this week. You sure you're feeling okay, Hardcore? Yeah, I'm all right this week, you know. I don't think I've got one this time. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here real quick. And this one, this is more of a, a shout-out. Um, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out. And a lot of people don't get to see this side of me too much, but I really do want to give a shout-out uh, to all my friends and family, um, uh, my family at Dynamo Pro, um, my my real family, my WrestleTalk family. Uh, this has been a very chaotic 2022, and I just want to give a shout-out to everybody uh, again, I hope that everything goes well. Enjoy your holiday season, and we have an even bigger and better 2023. Uh, Justin, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. Do you have something that's on your mind here for the shooting shot this week? Yeah, I got some gripes. Uh, first of all, with you, Luke. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I I'm uh, on the same boat as Sonny about this weather. I also have a few other gripes. Uh, if you're sending something video-wise to a friend or family member via social media, Please make sure you watch it, because if you don't watch it and you send it to somebody, 
they might think you're a whack job and they want to might stop being your friend or act like they don't know you when it comes time for uh, uh, family get-togethers. I'm not going to name names because uh, I'm not a snitch like uh, Rodell's favorite wrestler of all time. But yeah, just uh, I got a I got a video today that I saw recently in the past, and I'm like, oh, that's 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 hilarious. You know, I would think it's hilarious because I have a bit of a perverted mind. But when someone sends it that's in your inner circle uh, that you would never see them send something like this, you scratch your head and go, well, that's that's gross. So yeah, that's my gripe. Watch your videos before you send them. <laughs> All right. Well, Tatiana, I mean, again, you heard a wide variety of shooting shouts here tonight. So uh, we'll kind of leave you the floor here. What's on your mind here tonight on the Russell Talk podcast? What What's on your mind? Oh, that's <laughs> – um, all right, so I got two things. Uh, number one, um, we all saw with, uh, that crap that Lacey Evans posted. Um, I, uh, I, I'm just getting very, very tired of people with large social media platforms in general posting a bunch of crap that is very harmful to people and, and just not facing any sort of repercussions rather than fans of whatever medium they're advocating for getting upset i'm oh it's it's been grinding my gears a lot lately and today it just hit really close to home because as somebody who's had adhd her entire life and hasn't been able to sort of mask it very well throughout her entire life nothing is more annoying than hearing somebody say well my day that didn't exist like sure karen sure it didn't so that's been um, number two, I'm just seeing another influx of people without training, trying to play wrestler. And I cannot stress enough. If you're going to be a wrestler, you need to go suitably trained. This shit is dangerous. I've, I've been injured multiple. I am dealing with lifelong consequences of being a wrestler and not playing it completely 100% safe. I have a lot of friends that are dealing with similar issues this shit hurts. It's not safe. Please, please go and get trained before you play wrestler for your own safety. So those are my gripes. Well, I can tell you right now, it's one of those when you sit down and you look at it, you couldn't have been any more on point. I think everybody that's on the program tonight would tell you that when it comes to being a professional wrestler, the key word there is professional. Go out, put in your time, learn your craft, and be the best wrestler you can be. There have been too many injuries. I mean, we've talked about it countless times. There are some simple things like rolling ankles and things like that, but we've seen too many unnecessary injuries in the world of professional wrestling. And again, you were right on point with that. And, and uh, we want to go ahead and first of all, say thank you for coming on the program this evening. I mean, we had a great time. Hopefully we can have you back on here in 2023. we got a lot of things uh, coming forward, but before we let you go, for those that would like to find out more about you, the unwilting Tatiana, and possible promoters who might want to bring you to the Midwest or to the West Coast. I know several that have been out there. If they want more information about you or be able to contact with you, how would they get in contact with you? Uh, all right. So the are on 
You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Tatiana Wrestles. Um, I'm available for you to look up the Unwilting Tatiana. And my email, if you prefer to reach out that way, is Tatiana, the blue rose at gmail.com. All of which are available, all of the links to which are available on my resume, which you can find on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's been shared all over social media. Um, but if anybody wants to reach out, please feel free. I'm more than happy to talk about merchandising, coming out to auctions, like I said, completely down to travel anywhere this year. All right. Well, Tatiana, again, we officially can say you are now a part 100% guaranteed and bona fide member of the WrestleTalk podcast family. And I'm going to tell you right now, for all of us, we very much look forward to having you on the program again in 2023. And we thank you for coming on the program tonight and look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. And real quick, Sonny put thank a... Thank you guys uh, so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Sonny put a new hashtag out there. Hashtag Tati Two Belts. And actually, I yes. believe... <laughs> I believe to go along with his uh, hashtag, I actually found a picture. Oh, ta-da! And the uh, one belt is the one that we were discussing yeah. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, again, the unwilting Tatiana here on the Russell Top Podcast. Can thank you very much. Come on, I right shoulder, which is left side when you're looking at the picture. All right, guys, I got to tell you, that was a great first interview. Yeah, it's a great interview. You know, we had some technical issues, but, hey, we got through it. And you know what? No one got upset and uh, uh, disconnected from uh, the segment. You know, it's just uh, you got you to gotta push through, you know. That is true. And like I said, I got to tell you, that's one of those interviews that kind of rounds things out. The Unwielding Tatiana, very, very open, uh, very candid about things. And I got to tell you, a belt with a pizza on it, that's enough for me right there. That's definitely one of those. I, I got to put it on my bucket list of seeing a championship belt with a pizza on it. That that just made me think. So, uh, like I said, we're going to have our second guest, uh, John Cosper and Karen McDaniel here in just a few moments. But before we do, uh, do we have any of uh, our uh, additional guests backstage, Hardcore? Uh, yes, we do. All righty. Well, we like have, I said, uh, Big Daddy P sitting backstage. Wait, wait a minute. He just, just, oh, yeah, there he is. He's still there. So we have Big Daddy P back there for uh, Snippets of Truth and uh, Mr. John Cosper sitting backstage uh, waiting as well. So, all right. Well, like I said, let's go ahead here real quick because we, it's, it's a very integral part of the Russell Top Podcast and the Russell Top Podcast family. Let's go ahead and bring on the one, the only. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Snippets of Truth with Big Daddy P. All right. 
Big Daddy P, how are you doing in, in the beautiful world of Tennessee as we're getting just a few days before the wonderful holiday and, of course, the wonderful snowstorm and cold and just really icky weather? Well, you know, weather is, is subjective to uh, what you like. There's nothing like a white Christmas, so I'm hoping we get one. At the same time, I got to pick people up, drop people off, so I'm really hoping that uh, – you know, that there isn't any snow, so I'm, I'm kind of torn. But, again, I'm thankful, man, that we've got an opportunity to encourage one another. I know there are a lot of people right now during the holidays that are struggling. Uh, I get it, man. I got – there are so many people to buy presents for this year. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. But by God's grace, we keep rolling. That is true. That is true, my friend. Like I said, um, Hardcore Hoss, I, I was going to just double-check here with you. Um, I know there's a lot of things going on here. Did we have any um, requests that you know of this week? Um, I haven't seen any uh, this week, but uh, I mean, That's good I news. know that uh, I'd like to ask for prayer for my dad. Okay. Yeah. And, and Hoss, I'm going to tell you right now while you're talking about it, too. I mean, I know you've had the opportunity off camera to talk about uh, your situation. I know we're all we're all supporting you. We're all behind you. We're all with you. Uh, another one too, our, our broadcast colleague, Nightmare Jones, uh, dealing with some health issues. I believe they're hoping he'll be out of the hospital tomorrow, um, dealing with some some rather serious issues. But like I said, it sounds like he's going to make a, a pretty solid full recovery. Um, again, we got a lot of people as we're getting ready for that holiday season. A lot of people are going to be traveling this weekend. And Big Daddy P, I know this is a very – very meaningful time of year for a lot of people, yourself included. So uh, if you'd be so kind, uh, would you go ahead and, and put a, a little little snippet of truth out there as we prepare for the Christmas season? You know, a lot of times people talk about the greatest gift ever given. And I think it's really misunderstood. If you, if you think about a, a gift, a gift is usually the best when you don't see it coming. There's nothing worse than, you know, finding your present before Christmas and Christmas morning, you open it up and you know what it is already. The good news is, is the greatest gift that we could get would have to be what happens after we live this life. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that I have this discussion with and I always tell them, if I'm wrong about Christ, if I'm wrong about this gift, called eternal life. What did I lose? I mean, what, maybe I didn't party as hard. Maybe I didn't go out and cause trouble, whatever. But what if I'm right? And it is true that by believing that Jesus is the Christ, that he died, that by having that faith, having eternal life, that it could be anything but a good thing. And I think what people really don't understand about salvation, and he tells us it's a gift, it's not by works. A lot of people today think they're working for it. They think that they've got to be like a certain percentage, like good, like 51% and you get to heaven. Has nothing to do with it. And that's certainly God knew, or that's certainly not good news. It's called good news for a reason. It's good news. It's refreshing. You don't have to pay the price. He did. That gift, my friends, is a gift that keeps on giving. So if right now you've never put your faith and trust in him, it ain't about religion. It's all about relationship. 
No commitment required, meaning once you accept Christ as Savior, I have good news for you. It's at that moment that he's going to begin to lead you down a path. Now, you can choose to continue down that path. It's not going to be easy. Loving other people is not easy. If you want to know what Christianity is all about, loving other people. If you're not loving other people and you call yourself a Christian, you might want to be careful. So just continue to love him. Continue to love one another. We're opening our house this year for Christmas. Um, Originally, you know, because we have, between Jamie and I, we have 10 daughters. And not a lot of people know that. Can you imagine what Christmas must be like with eight grandbabies too? So it's pretty stressful at the moment financially because I want to be able to bless everybody I can, you know, this year. And, and, and I don't know about you, but this year's kind of been a, a tough year physically for me because of the surgeries. And now Jamie, of course, has surgery, which she is, uh, by the way, doing much better. She's recovering. But I just wanted to, to take some moments tonight to remind you that it ain't about religion. It's not. You cannot impress a perfect God. It's impossible. But what you can do is you can embrace this gift. It's free. doesn't cost anything. But I can tell you, as I said earlier, if I'm wrong, what did I lose? But if I'm right, look what I gained. So be right today. Accept the free gift of salvation. It's going to take time. Be patient, but continue to trust him. And that is my snippet of truth for the second or third to last. This is the third to last episode of the year, right? Uh, I believe we're going to have one next Tuesday night to kind of wrap up 2022. So, like two, said- this is so man, if you look at this year and, and, and look at all the people that have joined WrestleTalk, I mean, I just remember when it was Renee and Nightmare and I. And that was it. And now I get to, and Sonny, I got to tell you, brother, I love your Facebook. I love your posts. Always very encouraging. Keep it going. I especially loved the uh, unwiltering Tatiana, who you had your dog there kind of smiling as she was talking. I thought that was very encouraging. By the way, what does unwilting mean? Is she still on? I was going to ask about that. What does unwilting mean? Anybody know? know it's probably because you know how flowers wilt. Yes. She can't wilt. She's unwilting. Oh, she doesn't wilt. They're oh, unwilting. I guess, okay, that makes she blooms. sense. She continuously blooms. Wow. That's, wow. That's my that's my opinion. Oh, yes, so. That's going to be the great starting point for our second interview with her when we have her back on in 2023. <laughs> we got to find a little more about her name and what if there's, if there's a special semblance to it. Uh, but like I said, uh, Big Daddy P, before we let you go, I know you're a very busy man. Uh, you're on the you're on the fast track to being healthy and fit, and everybody in your household seems to be kind of making that way forward. Uh, we do want to give you just a moment to uh, acknowledge those that um, do have uh, concerns that have been brought forward to us. Uh, sure. If you would be so kind, absolutely. And by the way, prayer. Just so that you know, maybe here's an extra snippet of the truth for the year. But prayer, you know, prayer is not a formula. You know that, right? It isn't about if you can talk fancy to God. Matter of fact, many prayers we pray are like this. (gasps) There ain't even a word coming out of our mouth. So when we pray, 
And it's very clear in the Bible about praying in public. You have to be careful because you don't want to look like a hypocrite. You know what I mean? If you're praying and then the next minute you're mistreating your brother in public, just don't pray because it's not genuine. Prayer comes from the heart. Did you guys ever see Bruce Almighty? Do you remember in his prayer when he first prayed to God and, 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 and Morgan Freeman said, well, that's good if you're going to be Miss America, but give me that real heartfelt. And let me tell you, when we petition heaven on behalf of those who ask us to, which that's all they do. If you ever notice on Facebook, attention prayer warriors, it's because somebody has asked for prayer and you guys every week continue to ask for prayer. And those that join you that are on who, who give prayer requests and man, Hoss, hang in there, brother. Life is very short. The fact that you woke up this morning is a gift. There are people who were supposed to come home tonight who didn't make it. They're face to face with him. So continue to be encouraged. Guys, continue to have fun with this podcast. Continue to keep it real because ultimately when we look back on our life and and I'm over 50, okay? I'm probably the oldest one on here. But with that being said, what I've learned over the years is that the older I get, the more passionate I get about prayer because I realize there's so much power in it. I mean, when I was going through my surgery, I could feel that people were praying. I knew that people were praying. And that gave me such a confidence and a hope that when I got out of it, the attitude of gratitude that I had because those people prayed, that when they need prayer, I then turn around and give prayers for them. And so if right now you're going through some junk and you're freaking out and you're panicking and all hell's breaking loose, I got good news for you. You have an opportunity right now while we're praying without words alone to communicate with God directly about all the things that are upsetting you and bothering you. And he tells us to make our requests known to him. And so that is what prayer is. It isn't something technical. It isn't something fancy. It's a conversation with our creator. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for Wrestle Talk. Thank you for carrying us through this year. Father, as we end this year with these prayer requests and these snippets of truth, Father, we bring Hoss to you. We know that when you created him, we knew that you cut him from the same cloth. That's why we're all together. We know when people say birds of a feather flock together, well, here we are and we're gathered in your presence, Father. You say that when two are gathered or more, you are there in the midst. The fact is, the truth of the matter, to add to that, is there isn't a place that you can't be because you're omnipresent. So we thank you for always listening, for always being there for us. Father, for those that, especially Nightmare Jones, who's in the hospital, I pray that you strengthen him, that he feels these prayers, that he recognizes that when he committed his life to you, that included his body. So he's not there really just for himself, but for the nurses, for the doctors, maybe someone he's sharing a room with, that he would be an encouragement and a bridge of hope to those that he runs into. And for all of these brothers that are on right now, I pray that you continue to use them as vessels of grace, that they recognize that perfection is not a requirement, for you are the only perfect one. 
but an open heart and a willing to serve you in whatever capacity that you see fit. Thank you for those that are listening right now. Thank you for those that are going to listen later on, Father. We know that even though those that might not be seeing this now or hearing this, but later on when they're watching the rebroadcast, Father, we pray that these words will be an encouragement to them, that they will recognize that they are face-to-face with you on a daily basis, and there's nothing that we can hide from you. Thank you for all that you continue to do. Thank you in advance for answering all the prayers, especially for those that were silent tonight, that were not mentioned publicly. It is those prayers, Father, that I pray that you would answer quickly, that they would know, that they would try you, and they would find out just how awesome you are. We thank you so much, and we love you, and we ask these things in the name of the only name that we can be saved, and it's the name of Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. You can see here. Rocket. We got everything taken care of. Before we go, Big Daddy P, I got a, I got a question for you. <laughs> and this is one that was brought to us by our good friend, the Night Out. So, Hardcore Hostie, bring it up on the screen. Woo! <clears throat> here it is. What do you think about the New Day as NXT Tag Champs? Well, I had to get a belt somehow before they lose them. <laughs> so you might as well be NXT. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm waiting. It's on now, and, and I, I haven't seen uh, Stacks yet, but uh, he got beat last week, but he looks pretty good. He's he's still there, and I, again, NXT, man, even though it is a quote-unquote development, it still has its own show. And I think that over, this seemed like it was nothing but women tonight, which is fine. I have no issue with that at all. I didn't know it was going to be a woman's night, but it did give me an overall view of seeing who I like and who I don't. So, but as far as I'm concerned, um, they're going to have to hold on to people because people, you always think the grass is greener on the other side until you get there. And then you realize grass had to raise for manure also. So there's crap everywhere you go. There, every company that you work for, there's drama, there's issues. So I don't necessarily think one is greater than the other. I just like the fact that there's so many places for everybody to work and everybody gets to do what they love to do. And that's that's the best part of the business. Most definitely. And I got to tell you right now, it's always an honor and a privilege to have you here each and every week. And like I said, next week, we're going to need to make sure to have you on here because we're going to be talking about some of the biggest uh, events in 2022. And I know you've got a, a great mind for the wrestling business, but you've got a great mind for life in general. And I got to tell you, on behalf of the family of the Russell Talk Podcast, I want to thank you for your contributions to the program and to life in general. And we look forward to having you on the program again next week. And also, we want to wish you a happy holiday season. And um, want you to take care. And as Sonny said, we got his microphone off right now, which is a good thing. Like I said, you know what's coming in the Midwest. Hopefully, when we get back in touch next week, you don't have nearly as many problems as a lot of people are going to be experiencing in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's definitely, there is definitely going to be a weather issue. So everybody be safe. Don't try and do anything crazy. Uh, I'll be the first one who I'm supposed to, again, we've got to, we opened up our home. And so there's people that uh, that's about an hour and an hour and a half away that we're going to pick up on uh, the night before uh, Christmas Eve, just to make sure she gets here. Cause I don't, I'll, 
you know, it, Christmas, the holidays are a very difficult time for people, especially if they're alone. So just know that uh, if you have a home and uh, you have room, uh, open your home up. Uh, you'll be surprised at what kind of interactions and what kind of responses people. I have one friend of mine who I invited over. I said, look, you know, I know you don't do anything, but come on over, have some dinner, hang out. He's like, man, it's cool. I'd love to. So just continue to love the Lord, continue to love one another, be safe. If there are things you want to get for Christmas that you didn't get, don't be discouraged. There's always your birthday. Love you guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Big Daddy P joining us here on the Wrestle Talk podcast on this great Tuesday evening. And and uh, Hardcore Hoss, just to make Sonny feel a little more love here this evening, can you throw up Drew's comment from a little bit ago, back in about, uh, about 20 minutes ago, just to remind him? Uh, we're going to throw up there one more time. And Sonny, you're the one that said it. He's checking in from the beautiful, wonderful snow-capped mountains of Topeka, Kansas, checking in this week on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And and as much, Aaron, we know you're a great friend of the show, but I don't think anybody should have to really look at that that statement there a bit. We're going to throw it up, too. I, why not? We're talking about how bad things are going to be. Go ahead and throw it up here, Hoss. Um, Aaron Wallace throwing one up here. Tomorrow, we're, we're not going to have 50, negative 50-degree 50 weather. It's just going to be horrible. But you know something that's not horrible? And that is the idea that the Russell Talk podcast can still keep going on each and every week. And uh, real quick here, before we get to our second guest, I know that our second guest is here. And we'll be talking momentarily about Wahoo, the book about the great chief Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, before we get to our second guest, real quick, Sunny Money, this has been been your night, the night that has been given to you to present yourself. Will you go ahead and talk about all of our great sponsors that keep this great program running? No, absolutely. And if it, again, I say it every time, and I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If it wasn't for these sponsors, Wrestle Talk Podcast wouldn't get together on Tuesday nights like this and go live for you fans. So, major shout out to Royals Mills Transportation and my brother, DeWan Mills. Major shout out to Wrath Fun Engraving. Get your Wrestle Talk Podcast mugs just for $20. Noble Men's Barber Lounge, KCMO. Kincaid Arcade at Oak Park Mall, my home away from home. Interstate 70 Sports Media. Little Popeye Designs, where you can get your Russell Talk podcast Tumblr. And my personal favorite, my personal favorite of the sponsors, my personal favorite, the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. For all those people, just like as the words from the night out, for all those people who maybe cannot physically get into a wrestling ring or wrestlers who want to upgrade and and, and, and and take care of promos and get your promo game up, that's the spot to go to. So get on social media platforms, type in FWWC, get on there, join the group. I did it. It helped me. I was always a good talker, but it made me a great talker. So shout out to each and every one of those sponsors, because if we didn't have those sponsors, we couldn't have wonderful guests. Like our next guest that's coming up there, Luke Roberts. Well, I, I can't you, that interview, bro. I got to tell you right now, when you talk about our next guest, he's a longtime friend of the program. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is not meant to be a, a complete advertising plug, but the man is a wealth of knowledge in the world of professional wrestling. Whether it's bluegrass brawlers, grappling by gaslight, or the story about the great Wahoo McDaniel, 
this man has got a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of information, a wealth of, of literary pieces of excellence. And I, I thought about it when we went to the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, I had the privilege of hanging out with the Night Owl and our good friend, Dr. Drew from SICW. And one of the things I said was, as soon as I heard that this book was going to be available and I heard that uh, Karen McDaniel was going to be there, I had to make it a point to pick up this book because it is a very eye-opening look, not just at classic professional wrestling, but also it gives you a it gives you a biography from a completely different perspective. And I got to tell you, I, when I first broke this book open, I could not put it down. It was a phenomenal read, and it's our honor and privilege right now to be joined by one of the authors of the book, Wahoo, and that is the one, the only John Cosper. John, how are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, I, I am running like a chicken with my head cut off, but I'm great, guys. So um, I had to, uh, I think I messaged you. I had completely forgotten we were supposed to be on tonight. Um, I have sent, send all the links over to Karen and, and hopefully I can catch her because I was supposed to remind her. But uh, actually, we, we just uh, cleaning up a family Christmas Christmas party and I got, oh, crud, I'm on a podcast tonight. So, But uh, happy, to, happy to be here. Happy to join you guys. Well, I got to tell you right now, John, again, I'm, I'm going to keep plugging this book because I'm going to be honest. This is probably one of the most entertaining reads that I've had the opportunity to read. And again, if you get the opportunity, you can see right behind John's head too, eatsleepwrestle.com. A lot of great, a lot of great books, a lot of great merchandise that you can get. Uh, books like Chris Candido, Tracy Smothers, Madman Pondo, uh, the original uh, Black Panther, uh, J- uh, James Mitchell, um, Elvira Snodgrass, um, there, there, are, there are countless different books that John has had the opportunity to write. And, and John, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of set it up here right now. Um, being a classic wrestling fan, growing up watching wrestling from Georgia, watching Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, um, I saw the idea of Wahoo McDaniel was a man's man in every, every stretch of the, of the word. What drew you and Karen McDaniel together because you don't see a lot in this day and age. You don't see a lot of wrestling biographies or and really a lot of writings about wrestlers from yesteryear. Can you, can you share with the viewers of the podcast what brought the two of you together? Uh, Karen reached out to me on Facebook and asked if I'd be interested in, in working with her on a book. Uh, what her idea really was, was rather than doing a, a straight biography which which in large part it still is but she wanted to kind of capture um not just her story of wahoo and and, and the historical you know just 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 telling telling point by point his biography but getting the story from as many different perspectives as you possibly can um that was certainly one of the more entertaining aspects of it i kind of came to discover you get one of two reactions when you ask somebody about wahoo mcdaniel uh for example you know uh, rock riddle is a good good um yeah, I always love seeing Rock, one of the greatest storytellers in pro wrestling. If you ever get a chance to meet him at Cauliflower Alley or, or at the uh, uh, the Dan Gable Museum in Iowa. And I asked Rock, did you ever know Wahoo McDaniels? Nope, nope, never knew Wahoo, which is, you know, you know, Rock's got stories about everything. But, you know, Rock, they just never work same territory. Then I walk up to James Beard or I walk up to I had uh, uh, Rick McCord and, and Joe Malenko sitting at a table with me and I asked him, did you guys know it? Did you know Wahoo McDaniel? 
They get the big grin on their face. They start shaking their head. And they're like, yeah, I knew Wahoo. <laughs> so uh, you bring up Wahoo to, to, to guys that knew them, guys who work with them. Uh, they'll start talking. Your, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll start off with the same stories everybody does about um, him, you know, running 30 miles, you know, from, from one town to another in Oklahoma. They'll tell you about, you know, tackle by who, Wahoo, while he was up in New York. And, uh, and then they'll get down to tell, telling you the stories that, that, that only they know, the story, their, their personal recollections. Um, you know, Baron Von Raschke talking about being on the sidelines across from him when he was at Nebraska and Wahoo was in Oklahoma and then bonding over, over being, uh, you know, um, from, from the same conference when, when, when they got to, to meet each other in a wrestling locker room. And um, Joe Malenko telling his story about, to, you know, when Wahoo, when you know, snuck up on him and, and Joe put a move on him and everything that actually surprised Wahoo and injured him. And, and then he signed, it's in the book. He, he signed an autograph to Joe basically saying, don't you ever touch me again. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, just a lot of great tales. Um, got to talk to a childhood friend of his, um, talked to a lot of wrestlers, got some great stories, obviously about his football career and everything. So it was just, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to great stories I'm, I'm, and, uh, and great storytellers. And, um, like you set up, Luke. I mean, Wahoo was was quite a story in and of himself. He was he was a living legend. He was he was just. I mean, everything he did was larger than life. Um, I mean, the man came from Texas, right? So I mean, that's just just how they live down there. But uh, um, it was it, it was a great opportunity to work with Karen to to get to talk to a lot of folks and, and to kind of collect all these stories into one volume. Well, well, I got to tell you right now, and you and you mentioned it earlier on, John. In the idea that this biography is really a different perspective in the world of professional wrestling. You talk about all the different wrestlers that came forward. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit, too. But you talk about the wrestlers. You talk about his closest confidants. You talk about his family. And I've had an opportunity to read many of your books. How, how much more of a challenge was it to have to look at a biography from multiple different perspectives? I mean, I know you've had a lot of great writings. Uh, again, the Tracy Smothers book, the Madman Pondo biography. But how much more of a challenge as, as an author was it for you, knowing full well that you had all these different perspectives of somebody with the ability and just the sheer talent of a Walton McDaniel? Well, it's it's something that I've done to an extent with other books. Uh, with Bluegrass Brawlers, there's a lot of recollections from different people who were there at different times. Um, particular Bluegrass Brawlers, there's a story of how did Bruiser take over Indianapolis? And there were three different versions, you know, and you present all three versions. Uh, you guys had Big Daddy P on earlier, you know, and, uh, and talk, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about the Gospels. The Gospels were written by four different men, uh, you know, and you get four different perspectives on, on the one man Jesus in those four different books. And I mean, that, that's essentially what, what you're doing. And a story like this is you're crafting and kind of bringing together all these different perspectives. And, you know, the biggest challenge sometimes is, is trying to figure out where, where to place different stories, you know, which ones need to fit chronologically, um, which ones are more standalone tales. Was we, we dedicated a whole chapter to the chop and uh, different people's recollections of being chopped by Wahoo and what that was like. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I've, I've done that with, with some other books and, and collecting stories from other folks. Uh, certainly Chris Candido's book, we, we, it was done in a different form. Format. It, was, it was more of a narrative format than than uh, jumping around to, to different people's perspectives. But in this one, we wanted to put it in their own words. And we wanted, uh, you know, Joe Malenko to speak for himself. We wanted Bear the Baron to speak for himself and Karen and uh, anybody else who was willing to share their stories with us. Well, John, I mean, again, when you sit here and you put the, when you put this book together, and I mean, I had an opportunity to meet uh, Karen at the Cauliflower Alley Club and had an opportunity to sit down and talk with her. And I mean, again, this book 
And again, if you've not picked it up, this 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 is getting the the Luke Roberts seal of approval right here. You need to pick this book up because it has so much great wrestling knowledge. I had an opportunity. I was an event here in St. Louis this past Saturday, and I told several of the wrestlers to pick up the book to tune in tonight because you will gain a wealth of knowledge uh, about Walter McDaniel and about the history of professional wrestling. Now, John, I'm a level with you. Uh, as you see, Sonny Money, he's never without his hat or a hat. And, and our broadcast colleague, Justin Wade, um, he, he made mention many times that he learned several years ago, not too many to admit, but um, he learned from me. And one of the things I m- made sure to talk about was wrestling of the 70s and 80s. And he yeah, he has grown into a, a very knowledgeable individual when it comes to uh, what many people would consider to be traditional uh, or classic professional wrestling. So I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to my broadcast colleagues. I know he's got a couple questions to ask you regarding uh, the book Wahoo and as well as some of the stories that have been brought forward. So, Justin, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to you. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Justin, you're breaking up quite a bit there. We're talking about what what the, what the process is uh, writing a book like this. Yeah, I still still can't really hear hear you very well. So. And Luke, you're on mute. So he's on mute. <laughs> there you go. How about now? Hear me loud and clear. I can hear yeah. you, Sonny. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Yeah, Justin, you got a little audio problems there, brother. You might want to try to adjust that. I'm going to call an audible and jump in here if you don't mind, Mr. Cosby. Um, no problem. This is, you know, and I'm a, I'm a massive, massive, massive wrestling fan. Obviously, I help run a wrestling podcast. But just as equally, I'm a big of a, of a football fan, not just NFL, mm-hmm. but college ball. Uh, my, my 12-year-old's in football, and, you know, I'm the football dad, so on and so forth. I want to talk a little bit about Wahoo – and 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 his football days, specifically in the NFL, something I, I that I've seen uh, that kind of piqued my interest, and maybe you can confirm this for me or not. Uh, when he went to the Jets in 1964, uh, he he ended up having the custom jersey that said "Wahoo" sewn onto the jersey. Was that the first player in history to have a custom jersey like that? Do you know anything about that or? He is the first and only player in the and it was the AFL at the time they they merged the merger fully happened after right, right after he retired but uh no AFL NFL and I believe even with USFL he's the only player that ever had a first name not just a first name but a nickname on the back of his jersey instead of the last name so yeah you are correct there so Yeah and I mean um, cuz that's you know that's historic because you know Chad Johnson he went and legally changed his name to Ocho Cinco, Ocho Cinco yeah. Right. And then um, you also had the first version of the XFL guy who was uh, – his name was Rod Smart. He ended up playing for the Panthers. But when he was in the XFL in the beginning, he had – he hate me. Yep, and, you I know, remember that. that. <laughs> you know, so I didn't know that about Wahoo. Um, 
you know, that, I, dude, and I'm such a historian, not just, again, it's history in general, not just wrestling, mm-hmm. not just football, but I, history is something that always piques my interest like that. Um, so also, and, you know, kind of keep it on the football here before I see Justin's back on. Hopefully he's, he's ready to roll there and hope he's good. Uh, but just one more question regarding his football career. Uh, before he um, got into the wrestling ring and he finished up that football career, was he suffering from any major injuries because of football or did he get into wrestling okay? I mean, was he able to live life okay? Because I know especially back then, you know, we weren't throwing flags on plays like we are today. Mm. You know what I mean? It was men being men tackling the shit out of each other, in my opinion, how football should be played. So how was Wahoo when he when he left the league? He was, uh, he, he, I mean, one of the reasons he took up pro wrestling, there were a couple reasons. One of them was, was to stay in shape in the offseason. Uh, it was one of his teammates, I believe, with the, with the Houston Oilers that first turned him on to him. And I believe it was either 61, 62 is when he started wrestling. Um, I'm just, just pulling that off the top of my head. But, uh, I mean, it was a way to stay in shape, you know, and he would show up, you know, uh, Don Shula remarked, you know, when he showed up at, at Miami Dolphins training camp, he was in better shape than anybody else who walked onto that camp, you know, and he was he was almost a 10 year veteran at that point. Uh, so major injuries. No, um, I mean, you know, he, he is still one of the most beloved, most talked about players in AFL history. Uh, was he a record holder? Was he an all-star? Was he a hall of famer? He was not. No. Um, and that's really, it's not, not a reflection on him necessarily as, as, as a yeah, person or as a player or whatever. He just, they were just better guys than him, than him in that particular skill set. Um, he really found where he belonged. He found, you know, the pro wrestling ring. Um, he spent, you know, after that, you know, I think that 62 season, he was wrestling every year uh, throughout the off season. And then ultimately he ended up leaving it behind and he really left it behind uh, for the same reasons that Bronco Nagurski left the bears behind wait, wait a couple decades before he made more money as a pro wrestler. You know, people forget pro football players didn't make a lot of money back then. <laughs> they did not make very much money. Um, and it, it's, that's more of a recent thing. And uh, he was one of the guys, he was, uh, a little, little agitated when this young, you know, rookie Joe Namath got drafted to the Jets and was handed this giant contract before he'd ever even set foot on the football field. You know that he was uh, not pleased with that. But uh, you know, Wahoo, it, you know, football was a business to him. Football was his vocation. He made money at football. That was his job, and pro wrestling became his job. It wasn't his sole identity. It wasn't who he was. All consuming. Um, as you know, if you've read the book, but, uh, you know, it was his job, you know, and he went to his job, he worked hard and you better believe while he was going to get paid, whether it's by that promoter, uh, whether it's by, by the football team. So, um, yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, no, there weren't any major injuries. He didn't have any long-term lingering effects that, that I'm aware of, or, or that Karen was aware of or anything like that. Um, you know, certainly he, he had his glory days. He had his glory moments. He was the King of New York for a year. Then Joe Namath came along and became King of New York. Uh, you know, he kind of helped break in the, the Miami dolphins and he was with the Denver Broncos when they had those hideous Brown and yellow uniforms with the vertical stripes on the socks. Uh, you know, he's, and, uh, and he's, he's still, you know, there, there's a great book. I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head, but it's an oral history of the AFL. Mm-hmm. And while he gets mentioned quite a few times in that, and and uh, yeah, just a beloved figure, you know, from, from his football days, and and certainly legend, you know, when you go down to Oklahoma and talk, talk about his time with the Sooners. But uh, no, he came, he came out of uh, football in pretty good shape. He, he kept himself in shape, and uh, pro wrestling was 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 the way he did that way. He way he showed up every every season, ready to go. Yeah, and you know, and in, in, in talking with uh, you know, 
older generations, even here in Kansas City, his name still rings, you know, not just with wrestling, obviously, because it matches here in Kansas City or over in Kansas City, Kansas, right across from me. Uh, but, right. you know, in the AFL, uh, you know, AFL being, you know, fired up by Lamar Hunt and the Chiefs and Dallas mm-hmm. Texans and mm-hmm. all that history. So, I mean, I, there's been gentlemen that I've talked to that have been in their 60s and 70s, and I'll say Wahoo McDaniel when we're talking football, so I can translate it into wrestling, and their ears perk up. Or they get the smile, like you were talking about with Joe yeah, Malinko. Yeah. Saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? so his, his name still rings true even in 2022, but – uh, hey, Justin, uh, I know you had a couple questions there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. You're loud. Can you hear, us now? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, yes, sir. All right. So, John, again, nice to meet you. Sorry about earlier with the, with the breaking up. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm on the, sh- the show tonight. You, you know, I, I love to read. I'm an avid reader. And I've gotten to read uh, plenty of uh, wrestling biographies over this time. Uh, when writing a wrestling biography, out of all the people you interviewed for uh, Wahoo, what were who was the most intriguing uh you know, something that you thought you knew about Wahoo, uh, what was the most intriguing person you got a story from? Uh, I will say the most intriguing, the most fun was was his childhood uh, best friend. And I, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but it was a guy he went to school with, junior high and high school, um, guy who knew Wahoo personally, who watched him break all those records when he was playing high school football. Um, just getting to know Wahoo and his family through through that you know early perspective. And uh, he was an interesting guy too. He became a cinematographer, a, a, a cameraman out in California, uh, California and Hollywood. He's the one who filmed that you know famous iconic scene in Dances with Wolves of the buffalo coming over the hill. Oh, wow. Uh, so he himself was a pretty interesting character character and, and a guy to talk to. Um, but no, just, just a, you know, really cool. And just hear what was, what was it like riding in the bus with Wahoo? You know, what was it like going to school with him and uh, what kind of a kid he was? That was certainly for me. Um, yeah. I got to interview a lot of wrestlers and, and, and wrestling personalities, you know, talking about Wahoo. But for me, that, that was one of the most enjoyable ones. And uh, some now, of the best interviewing, uh, interviewing the wrestlers, did you get, uh, you know, a wide amount of different stories or over time, did it seem like it was getting repetitive with the wrestlers kind of getting the same stories? Well, everybody starts with the same story. They talk about the, you know, in New York, you know, if he made a tackle, they would come on tackle by who, and they would, you know, yeah. yell Wahoo. And, and then they'll tell you about him running from Norman to Chickasha on a bet and uh, tell him about drinking a quart of motor oil. And I mean, everybody starts with those two stories, but once you get past those stories, then, then you get to the more personal tales. Um, Rick McCord had another one of my favorites where he talked about the first time he ever worked a show with Wahoo. And, you know, he knew Wahoo by reputation and he knew how tough this guy was. And he went, he checked, checked the sheet and breathed a sigh of relief. He was not wrestling Wahoo. He's in a tag team with Wahoo. So he goes and he finds Wahoo as soon as he gets in the locker room, shakes hands with him. It's like, I don't want you to know I'm really relieved you know, to see we're tagging with each other. Wahoo's, yeah, why's that? It's like, well, that means I, I don't have to have any chops. Wahoo starts grinning. He's like, did you read the whole list, son? And Rick goes back over and looks, Battle Royal. <laughs> <laughs> Rick said, he got me in that corner, and I I, I went to the chop shop. <laughs> so. You know, and that's what I like about pro wrestling. You know, like, you know, we were supposed to make it. I When I wrestled, uh, Mr. Luke Roberts was my trainer back in 04, and I got to wrestle on and off for 10 years. And I tried to make it as real as I could when I was out there for the fans. And, you know, that's what I like about, you know, chops you know mm-hmm. they're trying to make it it is it is a uh a theatrical drama that they're putting out there but they're giving their their all to make it 
to make it to where it's believe that it's believable as can be. And uh, when you were uh, interviewing uh, these wrestlers, uh, did they tell you about, you know, did they give you any inclination about what he felt about the world of wrestling and what he wanted to uh, relate to the crowd? There, there was some discussion of that. Um, again, you know, for, for Wahoo, it was a business. It was, it was his job and everything. But, um, you know, Wahoo certainly was very old school. You know, we need to make him believe. We need to protect kayfabe. Um, you know, and we, we need to make it as, as, as real as we possibly can. So, um, you know, he certainly instilled that in the younger guys who were coming up and, and making things believable. Um, and, and he, he walked, he walked the walk. I mean, you know, Wahoo had, you look at the guys he's legendary for, for wrestling against and with, you know, we're talking Johnny Valentine, Greg Valentine, um, uh, Ric Flair, uh, Manny Fernandez, um, <laughs> Roddy Piper, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, he was in there with, with other guys that were just as hard nosed and just as tough. And, uh, you know, it, certainly in those legendary feuds had no trouble whatsoever making the people believe it was, you know, it's that old adage that Johnny Valentine used to say, I can't make you believe this is real, but I can make you believe I'm real. You know, when you got a guy like Wahoo out there and he's throwing those chops, you know, um, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's there, there are moves you can fake and you can fake really, really well. And, you know, I know Chris Jericho is talking about taking Big E's finisher and it's like landing on a, you're with your head on a pillow because he's got yeah. that big giant peck and everything. But um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, cash flow who over at OVW probably throws one of the hardest and meanest and nastiest chops you'll ever see. You can't fake that, you know, <laughs> I mean, you cannot fake. And uh, I've talked to some of the guys, Turbo Floyd talking about just how hard, you know, cash throws those chops in the ring. And, you know, and, and Turbo wouldn't have it any other way. You know, he is very old school. He and Truth Magnum have an incredible tag team, the Outrunners, um, that it, it, they look like they've just fallen through a time warp and, you know, from championship wrestling in Florida in 1983 into OVW at Louisville. Um, and, and they wouldn't have it any other way. You know, we want it to be real. We want it to look believable. Um, and, you know, Turbo is selling it really hard. He sells just as hard as Mr. Perfect when Cash throws that chop, but Cash is throwing that chop. <laughs> you know, and it, you know everybody in that building hears it when he throws it. And, um, you know that that certainly was a big part of, of what made Wahoo so believable. And you know, along with you know the strap matches and the juicing and things like that, and just just some of the crazy stuff. You know, he would get in the ring with somebody with like Manny. He'd get in there with Johnny Valentine, and uh, it was just understood. We're going to be violent tonight. We're going to make this crowd believe. Well, Luke, if you want to uh, swing it back around to you, you got anything, sir? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you brought up two names that I definitely want to focus on, and I know Justin and I had the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, you talk about Ric Flair, and you talk about Greg Valentine. Uh, I, I've heard some stories, and, and maybe you can share a little bit from the book as well, um, that the era of kayfabe, if you want to call it that, um, was very much, I mean, even in their home lives, uh, you can talk about how uh, Wahoo and Ric Flair, I mean, it was one of those where you wouldn't even see the two of them walk into each other's homes. Can you elaborate a little bit of how how far uh, these two individuals, I mean, from, from outside the ring, they were very, they, they knew each other very well, but when it comes to being outside the ring, you would have never known it. 
Very true. Yeah, you, you could not be seen in public. You know, I mean, it was, you know, go back 20 years at OVW. If, if Jim Cornette found out a heel was eating with a baby face, he would find you. You go back to Wahoo State, they'd fire you. You'd have that territory and you'd, be, you'd probably be blacklisted as well. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it, it certainly if, if you were on opposite sides, you could not be seen together. And, um, you know, there's there's a story about the, everybody knows about the plane crash with Ric Flair. Um, Wahoo McDaniel went to the uh, to the hospital you know, where Ric Flair was, Johnny Valentine was, and the hospital staff, you know, those who watched wrestling saw Wahoo McDaniel coming in and their immediate thought was, "Uh Oh, Wahoo's here to finish Johnny off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they were, so they were security and everything like that. And, uh, you know, should Wahoo have been there? No, but I mean, you know, these guys' lives were hanging in the balance and and in in reality behind the curtain, they were brothers, you know? And so that's the one time he ever broke, broke that kayfabe. But I mean, certainly, you know, you didn't ride heels, did not ride with baby faces or vice versa. Um, Princess Victoria talked a lot in, in her book about, you know, she was buddies with the heel. She didn't hang out with any of the baby faces. So she would ride the, you know, if they were going 110 miles, you know, she would ride 108 miles and they'd drop her off two miles away from the arena. They'd pull it in the car and she'd come walking in, you know, you know, a little while later, you know, because she could be seen in the car with them. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very heavily protected back at that time. Well, I remember reading in the book, too, is the idea of talking about how uh, Ric Flair's wife and Karen would often go out to lunch and it would almost have to be they would they being the uh-huh. lives of wrestlers would have to be incognito just to be able to to keep that continuity and things. Now, another one that was uh, part of that um, was the one I think everybody in pro wrestling, especially in the 80s, 70s and 80s, was very familiar. Greg Valentine and four words. Mm-hmm. I broke Wahoo. Yep. <laughs> uh, for those that aren't familiar with the story, can you give us a little bit of background as to what happened? I mean, again, that was at the time, I believe it was over the Mid-Atlantic Championship. And that, I mean, literally, from not only from reading it from the book, but from one of my first early experiences with the world of pro wrestling, that was like, I, I, I had a lot of people compare it to when Ivan Koloff defeated Bruno San Martino for the WWF title. Yeah, it was really, it was really uh, Wahoo putting putting Greg Valentine over and, and making you know Greg Valentine as a made man and, and one of the top heels. And you forget the backside of that shirt also said "No More Wahoo," which really incensed the fans. So uh, definitely one of the most famous. I mean, after Austin three sixteen has to be the most famous shirt in pro wrestling. Uh, Karen and I actually had shirts made up that say "I wrote Wahoo's book," <laughs> which I, I'm sure you probably saw Karen wearing hers out mm-hmm. there in Vegas. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it's kind of a cool thing when you look at it, you know, from, from the long perspective, because I mean, you know, obviously Johnny Valentine was a big part of making Wahoo into a huge star in the early seventies. Um, his feud with Johnny was, was one of the, one of the ones that really made him big along with his feud with the great Malenko. And, uh, you know, so Wahoo is the opportunity to in turn, you know, help Greg to become a star and, and kind of, kind of pay Johnny back a little bit there. Well, like I say, we're going to go ahead and real quick, um, Aaron Wallace has uh, added a comment here. It's another one that we talked about in the book as well. Did Wahoo McDaniel have a rivalry with King Kong Bruiser Brody? And that's, that was why I just sat there. And I mean, again, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. I remember talking with the late Larry Matisic, talking with my good friend Herb Simmons. Um, can you give the, 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 the viewers of the WrestleTalk podcast just a little bit about those two? Because they cross paths a time or two as well. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. It's been a while since I've been through the book and I'm, I'm, I'm it's been a long day and I'm, I'm stretching to try to try to go to that part of the book. Uh, I'll say read the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say I, uh, one thing that's been really cool since we got the book out is that Barbara Goodish and uh, Carrie McDaniel had never actually met each other. So you talk about the wives being separated and everything. 
And uh, I, I've known Barbara for a couple of years and I've, I've known Karen for, for a few years less. And, and to see them finally be able to connect and and to bond has, has been really awesome. I, you know, I, if, if you see Barbara somewhere, she's always got Darla tags with her. And uh, they just welcome Karen with open arms out there in Vegas, which is really awesome. Um, hope hoping they, they hook up in Iowa, too. I, I, I tend to go to Iowa a little bit more than I do Vegas. So, um, yeah, top of my head right now. Um, yeah, I, I've been cooking and smoking meat and, and having a family all day. So that, that, <laughs> one, that one unfortunately escapes me at the moment. But uh, uh, yeah, read, read, read the book. Yes, yeah, they did cross paths. So there, there's some Bruiser Brody stories in there. Yeah. Well, one thing, too, and I want, I want to bring out here, um, like I said, we've got John Cosper, the author, one of the authors of the book. Uh, Wahoo, among countless others. Um, I do want to talk about something that a lot of people in today's wrestling world don't always take to heart. And it was a story I remember reading the book, so I won't have to put you on the spot with this one. Uh, reading about Tony Atlas and Wahoo McDaniel. Mm-hmm. And Wahoo McDaniel was always about making sure to take care of the younger wrestlers, make sure that they would get a fair deal uh, in the wrestling business. And I remember he had a bag and it was just horrible. And Wahoo's like, you can leave everything here. And he's like, I don't have anything else, Wahoo. How am I going to make money if I don't have my stuff? And when he got to the next town, uh, Wahoo had gone in his own personal, bought him two pairs of tights, two pairs of boots. For those that aren't familiar, uh, bought him from K&H, which is one of the most well-known boot makers um, when it comes down to, to wrestling gear. Uh, gave him a Miami Dolphins bag. Um, Wahoo was literally a man's man when it came to making sure that wrestlers, uh, the the brotherhood of professional wrestling was very well protected. And um, I I just want to know from your opinion, um, what would you say would be uh, the, I guess you would say the reputation when it came to Wahoo and, the other wrestlers or the brotherhood of professional wrestling. You, you definitely hit it on the head. Wahoo was not a guy who reveled in bullying the new guys. He was not a guy who uh, took it upon himself to make sure that young guys paid their dues. Uh, is he going to put Rick McCord in the corner? Is he going to give him chops? Yeah, he's going to do that. You know, is he going to, you know, take a pair of scissors and cut, cut holes and his every article of clothing he's got in his back. No, he's not going to do that. Um, Wahoo number one, you know, was, was, was looking out for the guys. Um, you know, he, w- with younger guys, if he saw that, that there was somebody that, you know, was, was, had talent and had skill, you know, he would help them out. He would encourage them. Um, you know, he reminds me in, in, in a lot of respects in that you know, of, of Tracy Smothers and, and Mad Mad Pondo, both guys that I worked with uh, and Chris Candido as well. You know, guys who were, they were, if they saw somebody new, they weren't immediately looking, okay, what kind of rib can I pull on this guy? They were, you know, it, they would watch them. They would see what kind of skill they had. And if they had some, some talent, some promise, you know, they would come alongside them. They would help them out. Um, you know, Wahoo would take guys on the road with them. Um, conversely, if Wahoo saw somebody taking advantage of somebody, particularly somebody Wahoo himself did not care for, uh, Wahoo would make sure that that, that guy got his comeuppance. And if, if the kid wanted to, to, to rib the guy back, uh, he wouldn't help but he was certainly enable and so he would certainly put them in position. Uh, there's the great Sam Houston story that's in the book about uh, the late Angela Mosca um, and, and, and how, how, how Wahoo basically facilitated allowing, allowing Houston to, 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 to pay Mosca back a little bit. Um, 
Wahoo always stood up for the boys to, to the promoters. Um, you know, there, there, there's that old adage about, you know, when you go back to the, the early days and the, we talk about the time of the Black Panther, Jim Mitchell, you know, was there racism in the wrestling locker room way, way back then? Not as much as you might think because black or white or, you know, Asian or Hispanic or whatever, all the boys in the wrestling locker room, they had a common enemy. It was that promoter who didn't want to pay you at the end of the night. Uh, and Wahoo was a guy who was not afraid to go to that promoter and confront him and make sure that he or anybody else who was being shortchanged got paid. Uh, that's why Wahoo, that's why Wahoo never worked in New York. That's why Wahoo never worked for the WWWF. Uh, he had one experience up there for a very brief time. He got stiffed and he never went back. Uh, I, well, he never, he went back the one time when he and Jay Strongbow went out there and, and he got paid to go out there and then give the headdress to, to Tonka in the ring. Uh, right. but Wahoo never wrestled for, he never went to WWF. He never would have gone to WWF because he had that one sour experience way, way back. Um, you know, he stood up for the boys. He stood up like two promoters, uh, and he looked out for the little guys. So the Tony Atlas story is, is, is a great one and a great example of how, you know, he saw promise in Tony Atlas. He believed in him and he's like, this kid needs some help. And he gave it to him. You know, and and not not for any kind of credit whatsoever either. You know, that's a story that Tony himself has told in, uh, over the years, and uh, um, it, it's a credit to to who he really was. And, and John, I mean, again, that's one of those one of the things I've always stressed to wrestlers that have come up uh, after I did in the wrestling industry. You, you pay it forward, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys who who have infinite amounts of ability, but they never get the break. They never get the opportunity to really showcase what their ability levels are, and to be able to have that opportunity. That's one of the things that really gravitated to myself and my brother, who is also a former pro wrestler, uh, to the the book and the stories. I uh, heard one, wasn't from the book, but I heard a story, too. You're talking about Ric Flair. Uh, one about how he knew, like like you said earlier on, the idea of you knew you were wrestling Wahoo. You were in you were in for a match, and, and Flair mm-hmm. talked about how he'd have to put a, a, a tube of Neosporin on his chest in the morning. <laughs> or two and Neosporin on his chest after the match because that's that's how much he would he would take out of you. Um, but one, I'll tell you, uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite quotes was uh, I was I was actually uh, hanging out with Badman Pondo. He he was on the phone with Kevin Sullivan and and put him on speaker for me. He's like, hey, so did you know Wahoo? And Kevin was like, no, I'm I'm still hurting from Wahoo. <laughs> uh, a lot of guys felt that way. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, one thing I want to look at too, and I mean, again, this is one of those going to surprise a lot of people, is when Wahoo finally made the decision. I know it was in the late '80s. Um, the the idea was he was in the AWA, and he talked about his eye injury, and that was kind of his his the writing on the wall, so to speak, in in, in professional wrestling. And when he left professional wrestling, and that's one thing really kind of surprised me the last few chapters of the book really talked about post-wrestling life for wahoo and it was like you would have this tough as nails grizzled hard as hard as the day is long wrestler in the great chief wahoo mcdaniel and then you get to see the true side of him when he was um connecting with karen mcdaniel and in the process that kind of that courtship and how she kind of learned from him. And one of the statements that really resonated with me was the idea that she was going to teach her to be, he was going to teach her to be self-sufficient. And I mean, that's one of those, I mean, knowing all the things you said, what was it for you being a wrestling fan and a wrestling historian to hear this completely different side of Wally McDaniel? 
it, it was, it, you know, it certainly, I think it's a reflection of you know, just, just a life, you know, a hard life lived and a lot of experiences, um, a lot of failed marriages before Karen <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, some, some, some broken homes and stuff. He had the same woman. It, well, that's one of the funniest stories in the book is, is the woman he married twice and she cleaned them out twice, mm-hmm. uh, left everything except that Miami Dolphins lamp. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I mean, Wahoo, you know, he, Karen was very, very young. He, he was much older than her when they met. She was, you know, just, just barely in her twenties. And, uh, he was, you know, it was, it was the eighties. He was, you know, kind of the mid to late part of his career. Uh, he knew he wasn't going to be around for forever, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously he, he had health issues, you know, that, that started to come up, not just the eye, but, you know, the, the other issues and everything that, that ultimately led to, led to him losing his life at a, you know, fairly a, young age in the 60s but um he wanted to make sure karen was taken care of he wanted to make sure her boys were taken care of and uh you know because because he knew you know he knew he wasn't going to be around for she was going to live a lot longer than he was and uh there was certainly a gentle side to him there was a caring side to him um he had a great family he had uh he he had quite a character for a mother and, and a very strong and sullen type much a little more like him in his father. Um, and I, I think, you know, after all the years of, of, you know, running around on the roads and stuff like that and living the wild and crazy life and everything, you know, he found this woman, he fell in love with her. She fell in love with him and he wanted to make sure that she, she was cared for. And I think that's, that's, that's a great tribute to him. Well, you know, one thing, Dan, I, I'm going to go back one more story here before we kind of wrap things up with you. Um, I remember there was one reading about uh, Karen had just come back to work. This was after Walt who had retired and, um, in the process of it all, he was left to watch. I think it was one of her uh, or one of their children. And she had gotten back to work and got this phone call. She comes back home and he doesn't know how in the world to get the baby to stop crying. He's done everything in the world. And she, like, within about seven seconds, is taking care of everything and just seeing somebody who's as tough as nails and just not being able to. I mean, again, it's one of those things just there's certain skill sets you have. And it's just one of those that just was not mm-hmm. clicking that day. And I mean, again, it was really, it really did show uh, a lot of different sides and a lot of character when it comes to Wahoo McDaniel as well. Um, now, John, I know you're a very busy man. You're, you're just a couple days from the Christmas holiday. Um, I do want to take one more question. I want to kind of veer off from, from Wahoo here for just a minute. And, and John, I know you're backstage, you're taking care of a few things, but um, one of the things I know you, you do watch today's wrestling. Um, I want to ask you right now, you watch uh, a lot of wrestling today. Um, We've seen a lot of wrestlers really make their jump forward and their returns to pro wrestling in 2022. Um, I wanted to ask you before we got you off the uh, interview here today, who would you see with all your wrestling knowledge being the breakout star of 2023? Oh, uh, she just turned 18 years old. Everybody in the world is going to know her name soon. That's Billy Starks. Uh, been watching Billy wrestle since she was 13 years old. Uh, she is one of the most gifted, one of the most talented, one of the most intelligent, uh, you know, young pro wrestlers I have ever seen. Uh, I remember, you know, four years ago when, when she first started high school, because she was wrestling, she was training under Too Tough Tony and Rudy Switchblade when she was in junior high. Uh, and, you know, she told me her electives for her first freshman year were theater and Japanese. 
you know, she had her life planned out. Um, her, her mom required her to get, she had to be on the honor roll in order to stay in pro wrestling. She has made straight A's for four years of school. Uh, incredibly bright girl. She just made her first trip to Japan. Um, I don't think she's done with her international traveling. You know, I mean, I think it'd be very likely we see her maybe wrestle in Mexico, maybe a few other places, maybe another trip to Japan. Uh, she made her AEW Dark debut on Saturday night. You know, less than two weeks after turning 18, she's, I saw she put out feelers today. You know, what states do I need to have, you know, a physical, this or that or whatever to get licensed. Uh, I'll be shocked. I don't see her at OVW soon. I'm, I'm at OVW almost every week if I can be there in Louisville now. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's that's going to be your breakout. Um, I'll tell you, it, it, this, this, my wish list here, you know, other people that I want to see. Uh, number one, somebody please somewhere sign Lufisto, get her on TV get her a trainer's shirt at the performance center, whatever, get this woman paid. She's a legend. She is the most talented, the most, I mean, just the most respected and most loved independent wrestler, not just women's wrestler, but wrestler. She is a trailblazer. She deserves her laurels. Um, somebody take care of this woman and, and and set her up to where she can pass on her knowledge. She can teach, she can train, or she can be on TV. She's still got it. Um, the other, the other guys I want to mention right off the top of my head. And I, 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 I'd love to see this happen for him is the outrunners. I mentioned them earlier. Uh, uh, truth Magnum and turbo Floyd. Like I said, this is basically a gimmick. You see these guys come out, they're wearing fluorescent colors. They've got the shades. It looks like they're straight out of championship wrestling, Florida, 1983. Um, they got the bleach blonde hair. They have the charisma, the personality. They light it up every time they come out at OVW. They're starting to get a cult following anytime they show up at AEW and work dark or elevation. Uh, I think they, it could happen for them. You know, they're both kind of senior guys. They're in their 30s. Um, they've got a lot of years under their belts. They are mentors to a lot of the younger wrestlers on that OVW roster, uh, kind of teaching and helping out. Um, they'd be an asset to any single locker room they were in, and it would be an absolute delight for any crowd they are in front of. They are pure entertainment from the moment they walk out the curtain till the moment they spin their way back or stagger their way back, depending on if they win or lose and match. Um, if you haven't seen these guys, look look up their AEW matches or look them up, watch some OVW. Um, they had one of the best comedy matches I've ever seen recently with uh, uh, Shannon the Dude and Adam Revolver involving you know, brass knuckles being thrown around and this and that. It was basically a heel versus heel tag match with all kinds of comedy and antics going on. And then if you want to see a really good, I mean, hard-hitting slamming match, they had one with a tag team called Level X, a double dog collar match a while back at OVW. Uh, totally worth going back to watch. And, and, and uh, much respect to Level X for taking the beating those guys gave them. <laughs> so, um, but that would be my, you know, uh, who's going to be the breakout star? Billy Starks is going to be there. Who do I I'd like to see be a breakout star? Uh, Lufisto, I wish it for her every year and, and the Outrunners. And again, those names right here. I mean, we've had Billy Starks on the program. And again, I want to give her a shout out. She's been in St. Louis several times. Uh, also, like you said, going to Japan. I mean, I really agree with you there on that, John. Now, one last question. And I'm just going to throw out here. You mentioned <laughs> CAC. You mentioned uh, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Are you planning on making the journey? I know it's still six months away. <laughs> uh, are you still planning on uh, making the journey up to Waterloo this year? 
Uh, I, I need to talk with my wife about it. I'd like to go back this year. Um, I did, didn't go this past year. Uh, not sure if I don't go this year, I'll definitely go the following in, in 2024. Um, it's an easy trip for us. It's an easy trip for me to, to talk everybody into because my in-laws live in, in Des Moines. So we drive out to Des Moines. I make the little soldier into Waterloo for a couple of days. I come back and join them and we, we head home. So it's a nice little summer vacation for us. Uh, I don't have it on the calendar yet, but I'll, I'll make sure you know if I do. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, John, that's one of the things I, I know I've talked with Sonny Money. I know I've talked with Justin. That's one of them. I know myself and the Night Owl and our good broadcast colleague, Jeremy Carp, are talking about making the journey this year. And again, if you haven't had an opportunity to go to CAC or the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, it's definitely something to experience. Now, now, John, I know you're a very busy man. You're very, uh, very active trying to get things done for the holiday. I'm going to go ahead and um, let you go here in a minute. However, I do want to share something, and I'm going to do something that that Sonny Money and Justin are not familiar with. In a few moments, they're going to participate in the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. But I'm going to give them a little bit of time here to think, because tonight's category, and we're going to play the music and go through everything in a few minutes, is famous wrestlers from the state of Indiana. Okay. So I, I, I want to make sure that you were aware of that. Um, before we let you go, though, for those who would like to get any, bear with me here, it's going to be kind of hard to show here on the camera, any of these great books and the others we talked about here tonight on the Russell Top Podcast, how can they go about getting those? They can go to eatsleepwrestle.com. Right now, I've got just about every book I've published on there. I'll probably be clearing that, clearing some stuff out and uh, and pairing back the the inventory after Christmas. But um, yeah, any of the books we've talked about, Wahoo McDaniel, Tracy Smothers, Madman Pondo, Chris Candido, Princess Victoria, Black Panther, Jim Mitchell, Mars Bennett, Elvira Snodgrass, Bluegrass Brawlers, which is a brand new 10th anniversary edition out, uh, Louisville's Greatest Show, Grappling by Gaslight. Uh, I've got them all at eatsleepwrestle.com. Use the coupon code HOLIDAY. You'll save 15% on your entire order. You're done shopping for everybody else. You know nobody's going to buy you any wrestling books. Come on to my website. Place your order now. I guess they'll get them to you by Christmas, too, if you order priority mail. So, um, yeah, eatsleepwrestle.com. Come, come, and, come and do some shopping. I'm going to stop because right, this is dying to get on my tongue here. We've mentioned his name like six times, and, and I'm dying to jump in here. All right, so just real quick. I know we're about to do the game show challenge. Cosper, thank you so much for your time tonight. I, I just want to get that out of the way because once this game show challenge <coughs> off, I'm turning into a fucking heel and talking shit. But sure. just I have to get this out of the way. I grew up in Philly. I grew up going to ECW shows, and I get chills, legit chills talking about it. Just for all these younger fans out there, and I know we have some younger crowds who tune in to Russell Talk Podcast each and every week. John Cosper, you said his name a couple times. I just want to say it. Chris Candido. Absolutely. My man was so underrated. It is not funny. There are no gimmicks needed. Repping my home state of Jersey. Do your thing because I'm going to sit here and put Chris Candino over there. I mean, dude, from the from from doing the, the, the even his early runs in Jersey Independence to the body donners in the WWF to him doing the triple threat. I remember even watching the end of his career when I was watching those weekly TNA pay per views and in the TNA. And it's such an unfortunate uh, unfortunate death. But my man, I mean, he was. Uh, John, he was what, 33 when he passed, right? 37, 37 years old. He, 37, was, a, he, was, he, was, a, yeah. he was a vet, man. He was in the year. 19 I, years. I, I, I share Chris Candino on my personal Facebook page at least three or four times a year. I, I miss him in the ring. I go back and watch his matches. He was so funny. He was such a comedic 
guy, but he went but in matches, he was gold. He was gold. He was five-star mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer fucking mm-hmm. matches. So big shout out to Chris Candino. I just had to get that out real quick, man. And big shout out to Madman Pondo too, because uh, mm. uh, <laughs> an 18-year-old Money Mayo told Madman Pondo to his face uh, backstage at a wrestling show here in Missouri that backyard wrestling too sucks not knowing he was in the game and he just looked at me and said, thanks for the endorsement kid. So uh, shout out to Madman Pondo, a good sport. But shout out to Wahoo McDaniel. And I like again, I, I I had to put over Chris Candino. He had to get a shine on Russell Talk Podcast here. Oh, listen, I, people ask me, hey, which one should I read? Is like, I mean, Candido. I, I wrote Candido because anytime I was working with Tracy Smothers and somebody brought up, who's your favorite? He, you couldn't even get the question out. Who's your favorite guy you ever wrestled? Candido. Yeah. Uh, and he he told me, you got to write Candido books. You got to write Candido. He got me in touch with Cloudy. Cloudy got me in touch with Johnny. Um, I still watch probably more Candido than anybody else that I've written a book about. Um, so the match between him and the great Kali from Japan just recently popped up online where it I saw it years ago on New Japan's New Japan World. Go watch this match. Watch a five-seven man put over the great Kali as an absolute monster, just yeah. just posturing and throwing chops, and then looking like he's a dead man. He takes exact from one hit from Kali. Yeah. Um, or or yeah. go and watch the uh, the eight uh, the four on four um, from IWA Mid South. It's got CM Punk and Nigel McGuinness. You want to see a comedy match that is absolute gold. Not to mention you see Chris's butt for about half the match. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Candido's incredible. Yeah, the, the, if you ask me, you know, going back to the nineties, you know, when I was in college, what's the angle I remember? It's the body Donna's versus Barry Horowitz. Yeah, Barry horrible wits. I, you know, I remember how much I hated Sonny and how much I hated Skip. Yep. That's that that is the feud. That is the my memory of the mid-90s wrestling more than anything else. And that was even before I was, you know, had any connection to Chris and any inkling I would one day write his biography. Mm-hmm. Um can you know and it's one of those things you know you start talking about candido where would he be today would he be backstage at the performance center would he be no, at aew no, no. um what kind of matches would he be having you know with some of these younger guys it would yeah. be uh it just be, you know, be, before yeah. we move on to this game show challenge just real quick my one of my favorite things in all of wrestling that i've ever heard was a, a, was a quick little clip from candino when he was feuding with sandman and he came out into the ECW arena and he said, Sam, man, you got that Singapore cane. Singapore is a pussy country. He goes, he goes you get yourself a Jersey cane. And, and just, just that right there. I'm like, this Candido, man. He was, I, it, he deserves to be in a top five when, when you're talking about mm. professional wrestling. You, you know, I mean, just in-ring work and Mike and everything. He was great. So I'm glad I, I it's about Wahoo tonight and this interview is about Wahoo. But we just had to put that shine on Candino, man. And I'm definitely Jeff, John Cosper. Come, let me get through these holidays, man. I'm getting that Chris Candino biography. Reach out to me. Let me know. I promise you that. It was was gratifying, too, to hear when that book came out, just hearing. You know, every other day hearing from Johnny or somebody who backstage yeah. at AEW was reading that book. And then MJF goes and posts a picture of it sitting on his coffee table yeah, and saying, it's not it's not as good as my book will be one day. But this is I mean, and for MJF to go out and endorse it was something. Compliment. So, yep. And it's well, well deserved, man. But Thank listen, you. Luke Roberts, I'm glad we had Mr. Cosper on tonight. But damn it. I'm pissed off because the weather sucks outside. <laughs> Ready to beat somebody's ass at some game shows. Oh, I'm ready to beat the ass in Game Show Challenge. I'm turning right over here. All so, right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
And before before Sonny loses it, John, I want to say thank you for coming on the program again. You're a, a proud card carrying member of the Wrestle Talk family. And I got to tell you right now, we've talked about it several times. There's going to be a time in 2023, whether it's Iowa or if it's making a point when my wife and I are on vacation or you got to make a journey back up here to the St. Louis area, you and I are going to meet one-on-one somewhere here. Sounds good to me. Sounds so good to me. With that, I thank you very much for coming on the program. Ladies Thanks, and gentlemen, sir. John Cosper. And again, eSleepWrestle.com. You can pick up a lot of great books, including Wahoo, available on eSleepWrestling.com, also on Amazon.com. Thank you for coming on the program. Chris Candido, also make it a point. Check out eSleepWrestle.com. John, thank you very much. Gentlemen, we're not going to waste any more time. You know the time. Hardcore Hoss, go ahead and hit that game show music. It's time for the game show challenge tonight. Installment of the world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's matchup is scheduled for a best two out of three falls. It is a special grudge match between Sonny Money Mayo and Justin Wade. Gentlemen, you know the category famous wrestlers from the state of Indiana. You know how it works. Sonny Money, are you ready to rock and roll? Oh, baby. Justin, you're gonna get your ass whooped, boy. Right through this computer, you're gonna feel that you're gonna feel it in Seattle, bro. You're gonna feel it in that state of Washington. I'm gonna whoop your ass. JW, you ready? His his uh positivity. That's what I got going. There you go. All righty. Well, here we go, gentlemen. Question number one. And of course, hardcore Hoss, you're gonna be our resident judge as to who goes in first. This individual had spent a number of years on the independent scene. They also competed in the WWE. Most recently, you can find her in AEW. Ruby Soho. That is correct. Justin is up one to nothing. Ruby Soho is correct. Oh, that's fucking bullshit, bro. Recount. Florida election all over again. Recount. Right. I love you, Sonny. <laughs> all right, Sonny, just to make sure. Are you ready for question number two? Just a little dirt off the shoulders, playboy. We're going to be all right over here. I might be down 0-1. Listen, my quarterback, he, he makes he makes comebacks all the time. So it's no problem. Okay, Justin, are you ready? Let's go. All righty, question number two. This individual spent many, many years in OVW and the WWE. Eugene. Two to nothing, Justin Wade. Sonny, you don't look so happy right now. No, hey, hey. You know what? He beat me fucking fair and fucking square, okay? You know what? We'll tell you what, guys. I'm going to throw the last one out here. I'm sorry. I got no life. I know a bunch of this shit. (laughs) We'll tell you what, guys. We are going to go ahead and throw the third fall out there just to make sure that Sonny gets his opportunity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, as it fucking should be. As it fucking All right, let's go. Here, you, here you go. Yeah, we can't send Sonny out with a sweep, man. No, nah, bro, that is true. Question number three: This individual was born in Gary, Indiana, in 1957. He went on to have a very well-known professional wrestling career, complete 
with a stop in the WWF alongside Jim Brunzel as a member of the Brian Blair. <laughs> Sonny. My Who friend. the hell like the killer bees anyway? Who the hell comes from Indiana? Besides Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and, and uh, 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 the Pacers, my guy at the Pacers. Come Reggie on, Miller. legendary guy. Who's my guy at the Pacers? Reggie, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. Besides Reggie Miller, who the fuck likes Indiana? Man, ain't nothing in Indiana, man. All right. Well, at this point right now, uh, it was a clean sweep. Hardcore Hawk. I don't want to know how this, this is going to turn out, but go ahead and hit the. Go ahead and hit the Okay, we've now gone to that point in the show. I've never oh. lost, and I was like undefeated, bro. I, I beat legendary people in 2022 at the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Now you gave me nothing, nothing. And you're lucky we're on or here because I, I would be naked because I might as well be outside. I'm homeless. I have nothing anymore. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Okay, let's just say. You had some time off. That's that's what we can say. You had time off. I'm a off. mark. I know my wrestling. I'm a mark. I'm I know mark. my wrestling. Who the shit gives a man? That's bullshit. Well, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to say right now, I do have to take just a second here, and we're going to get Sonny back under control. He's had his seven cups of coffee, so we're, we're good to go from there. Um, I do want to throw one more question out there. Now that Sonny's taking care of things. I got to ask you, gentlemen, we talked earlier about it, but I just want to throw it out there because it really has seemed to be kind of a, a hot topic here. And, gentlemen, we're going to take just a, a, a few seconds here before we wrap it up. 2023, who is the breakout star in AEW? Hoss. Uh, yeah, that, that's really a tough one because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people that, that could be – Really breakout stars, so I'm I'm not sure who to who to throw that one out with. Justin, I'm gonna say uh, uh, Jungle Boy. I think they're gonna give him a uh, a push in this new year. Um, I believe it's good that he's separated. You know, he's not a team anymore with uh, uh, Luchasaurus. Is that what his name is? The big guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I was gonna say MJF, but you know, he doesn't need a breakout year. He's heavyweight champion. You know. And I'm not going to lie, down the road, it would be interesting to see Jungle Boy against MGF for the title. I think they'd have a barn burner of a match. Sonny, I know you got a lot of input about AEW. Who do you think? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with one that I, I – I, it's more of a hope and wish than what I think, but it's a hope and wish. And I've seen he's kind of tweaked his character here recently, somebody that's near, dear, personal to my heart. And that's the one and the only Danhausen. I hope Dan Housen, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen him coming with a little bit of the evilness to his character now, as it should be. Um, he's a, he's an internet favorite, man. He's a IWC favorite. He's a favorite of mine. So I hope 2023 brings him a lot of success. I hope he gets a really good push and, and just keeps rocking it with that character and wrestling what he does. So, Well, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I got one that's pretty obvious, and then I've got one that is going to surprise a lot of people. The obvious one that I think is going to have a breakout 2023 is absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot from him. But the other one I think I want to throw out there as well, 
is the former 10, Preston Dance. From what I understand, I mean, the guy's in phenomenal shape. He's no longer a part of the Dark Order. I think we're going to see a lot from Preston Dance in 2023. Hardcore Hoss, you've heard a lot of discussion. Do you want to add anybody else into the mix before we call it a night? You know, I, I just think they're all really great choices there. And and like I say, they're, I'm just not sure who to really go with because there, there's a lot of contenders there. Oh, I want to shout out Nick Luke there because he he did he did drop that comment. If we can get that comment back up one more time, maybe Hardcore Hoss. That uh, that was something that I don't know if you guys heard recently on Busted Open Radio, but uh, the former Enzo Amore of WWE came on there and said that he could slash MG, MJF in a promo battle on AEW. You know what? And you know what? Tony Khan's not afraid to pull that trigger. So that might be something we see in 2023. I've always been a fan of Enzo, man. And I know he's still doing this thing out there in the independence, uh, going by the name of real one. Uh, but yo, could you imagine Enzo versus MJF on a live mic? That would be something to see in 2023. So shout out to Nick Luke the, for throwing that in and, and chiming in tonight at, towards the tail end of a great episode of Wrestle Talk Podcast, baby. I would agree with you, Sonny, 100% here. I mean, we had a great show. We had the unwilting Tatiana. We had snippets of truth. We had a lot of great high spots discussion. We had John Cosper here on the program talking about Wahoo. And, guys, I got to tell you right now, I'm going to get a little bit sentimental here. And, again, this is kind of kind of a thing for the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Uh, guys, I first of all want to say thank you to all the great viewers who – have tuned in each and every week to watch the Russell Talk podcast. I mean, when you sit here and you look at it very early in 2024, again, I don't look at a little bit past, but we're past 400 episodes. And the next one is going to be a landmark, 500. I mean, there's not a lot of shows that are 500 podcasts. I'm going to tell you right now, it's because of all the great viewers each and every week. Uh, without who this show doesn't exist. Also, uh, let's go ahead, uh, Harker Haas, and bring up those sponsors one more time because they bring it each and every week to help us keep this going. Uh, we talk about the sponsors like, of course, we can talk about Royal Mills Transportation with Dewan Mills. If you ever need a ride in Kansas City, Royal Mills Transportation is your way to go. Rathbun Engraving, when you want one of those Wrestle Talk podcast mugs for $20, send us a message on social media. We'll get you hooked up. Nobleman's Barber Lounge, Kansas City. That was uh, Sonny talked about them earlier on tonight. Kincaid Arcade of the Oak Park Mall, place I really got to get to in 2023. Interstate 70 Sports Media with our friend the maestro Jeremy Carp. Little Popeye Designs, home of that great Russell Talk Podcast Tumblr, which you can also purchase by contacting us through social media or WrestleTalkPodcast.com, and also the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now. I want to send. I want to send out on behalf of the the management and staff of the Russell Talk Podcast. I want to send a very special uh, holiday message out here. Uh, again, we're going to have a lot of things going on in the next couple of days. I know a lot of the Midwestern United States is going to be dealing with a lot of issues. We want to make sure that everyone stays safe, everyone stays warm. It's going to be a a pretty tough next couple of days. I know I talked with with Justin earlier on today and talking about how the West Coast has gotten a ton of snow. Yeah. And, not doing uh, either. Yeah, it's one of those where there's going to be a lot of stuff coming to the Midwest, and I know probably around the end of the weekend, it's probably going to hit a good chunk of the of the East Coast as well. Want to make sure each and every one of you stay safe, stay warm, uh, have a happy and safe holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Holidays from all of us here at the Russell Talk Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, just as a reminder, next Tuesday night, 
on December 27th. We will be right back here, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, 6 o'clock Mountain, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. We're going to be here talking professional wrestling on a variety of different avenues. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, next week's show is going to be nothing short of awesome. WrestleTalkPodcast.com for all your wrestling information. Also make it a point, check us out on social media. Uh, share us with your friends, family, you name it, make it a point. Hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling. It's going to be a great show next week. One last time at Hardcore Hoss, you be so kind. I know he doesn't get it nearly enough. Can you go ahead and give one great big giant Wrestle Talk family, Wrestle Talk podcast round of applause for the one, the only, Sonny Money Mayo. Let's go ahead and give him that round of applause for all of Always an honor, always privilege to have you here on the program. And again, as you said before, this isn't goodbye. See you later. We're going to see you soon. Uh, again, as everybody says here, thank you, Assad. Thank you for everybody who's uh, sent out messages here tonight. Uh, make it a point to share those stars to support the Russell Talk podcast. Uh, we're going to have a lot of great guests in 2023. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for myself, for, for Justin Wade, for Sonny Money Mayo, and, of course, the one behind the boards, Hardcore Hoss, uh, as well as the Night Owl, uh, Nightmare Jones, Jeremy Carp. I uh, want to send a very uh, – and also to the Alpha. I can't forget the Alpha. I want to say thank you very much. Have a great holiday, and we look forward to seeing you next Tuesday night right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Take care, happy holidays, and we'll see you next Tuesday night. Go Chiefs! <laughs>